Hey, Mark here. Ryan here. Uh, so this is the future versions of ourselves, because we didn't realise it's our first birthday as of this episode. Happy birthday, dear <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, please please, please don't do that. <laughs> you could see me while I did that. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's the worst part. <laughs> well, you're in the dress and everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, I've been doing this for, for one whole year. Did you, did you think we would make it a year, Ryan? I had no doubt, Mark. Um, <laughs> I didn't realise it happened a year, though. Like, completely blindsided me when you told me that. I was like, wow. It's flown by. Yeah, so we we started this back in uh, May 2021 during the height of the pandemic, I guess, or one of the heights. Yeah, one of, of the it. heights of one of the pandemics. Uh, as as we said, probably in our very first episode, or at least the preview episode, we had been thinking about this for a couple of months, uh, as most people had been indoors doing stuff, and we'd wanted to do podcasts before, and we'd been on podcasts. We was like, what podcast should we do? Yeah, And we was like, should we do a video game one? Because, you know, that's one of our main passions that we both have. Mm-hmm. And the answer was no, just because there's so many out there. How, how do we stand out as something different? And then it's like, well, what do we do? And it's like we both realized that we share like a love for the TV show Friends. We do. Uh, and have, you know, some knowledge on it. <laughs> some. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, we would use the quotes around Friends who didn't know it as well as us and would give us weird looks and stuff. So we thought... You know what? Let's let's do a friends podcast. That's something that's kind of uh, easy to do in a sense. Like it's not not open ended. Like we can just focus on every episode. Yeah, the content's already there for us. I yeah. guess. And you know, it'll be a lot of fun. Like to to rewatch it and and you know try to create some new content. So yeah, we've been doing this for a year now. We've gone through pretty much two seasons at the point of recording this. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, so yeah, thank you for for being with us for for the past year or so. Yeah, and a special thank you to the patrons out there. Oh, def- definitely the patrons. They they have helped us a lot. Uh, you can also join at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Uh, yeah, all your support really helps us. So our, our patrons help us uh, to basically do this because we do this for free. We do have costs like hosting uh, for the actual podcast themselves, as well as buying equipment and, you know, renting space to, to do this in and editing. And, you know, we do it in our, our spare time. And we don't mind doing that for you. We hope you enjoy this. But at the same time, you know, if you want to chuck a couple of quid our way. Yeah, I mean, we get to watch Friends either way. So that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, any more support would be appreciated. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also, yep, thanks to, to HyperX as well. So we're part of the HyperX network. And that's also fun to be a part of because they do sponsor us a little bit, which also helps. But we get to be part of like a community there as well um, with, with all the other podcasts there. And that, that's really great to get that kind of like feedback from them on how to do things. Yeah, it's really cool, especially when people ask about the podcast, like, we're on the HyperX Podcast Network. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds really impressive straight away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we hope that you've enjoyed this year of episodes from us, If whether you're new or you're there from day one. Um, certainly our listenership is, is growing every single episode, which is really great. I, I love looking at the little bar graph and going, look, oh, we, more, <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah, more, more people listening. Uh, so as we go and seeing like new countries come on board. So, you know, the, the UK and America are quite high up there, but like seeing people in China listen to us. Nice. Uh, and Australia and the Philippines and South Korea and Mexico and all sorts of places. It's really interesting to see like how wide it goes. Maybe it's just like one of our listeners who's just really well travelled. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and certainly getting the emails from you. Like we we absolutely love getting comments from you, whether that is a review on iTunes or an email or something on Twitter or Facebook. Like it's all really exciting. Yeah. So. Thank you very much for, for joining us for this year. We hope to be with you for another few years yet. Now, I, I estimated, you know, about five or six years to get through all the friends at the pace that we're going through. 
yeah, sounds about right. Uh, and then, yeah, at, at the end of that, I don't know what we're going to do. I guess we'll do what everyone does and just start from the beginning again. But I've already in the one where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> just crying into a microphone. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, as, as mentioned, you know, we do have a Patreon that, that really helps support us. There is different tiers on there. You can get free content. So we are going through Joey, uh, the sort of follow-on from Friends starring Joey Tribbiani. We are. And that's exclusive to patrons. And we also have other exclusive Patreon content as well. Like we've done a pros and cons list of all the friends. And we've discussed, um, you know, Gunther. And we've got loads of cool ideas that we want to do on there as extra content. Yeah, come join us. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening to us. I guess we should uh, let Parcells get into the episode. Oh, hi, Past Ryan. <laughs> You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to Watching Friends, proudly supported by our patrons on patreon.com forward slash watching friends, where you can join and you can help support us. Uh, I'm Mark. What kind of sick doggy snuff film is this? <laughs> I'm Ryan, and I'll only be in the podcast if you bring the jag. I'll bring it. Uh, so we are back with season two, episode 20, the one where old Yella dies. Uh, before we get into that, um, you know, I was thinking that maybe we could do another impromptu friends quiz session, but I feel like I'm going to hold off for a few more episodes just to, to make you sweat a little bit. All right. Uh, but I have seen a lot of memes. Well, not, not even memes. There's been a lot of pictures out there of uh, David Swimmer uh, holding a, a Ross mug that says, like, I'm fine on it. And there's also a picture of Matt LeBlanc holding the same mug. And there seems to be like a lot of, um, I, don't, I don't even know if they're like promotional products, but like there's another picture of uh, Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox both wearing um, a Friends t-shirt and it's got um, a load of keys around like in the middle in a circle to signify like the keys they left in the, the final episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I keep noticing these kind of weird like social media posts they keep doing like just a couple of them doing sharing something together. I'm not sure why, like, because they've got nothing to promote friends wise at the moment. Well, maybe they're going to release their line of limited edition friends merch that they've, they've invested in and <laughs> just make even more money from friends. Well, because um, Matthew Perry does do his own line of friends. I don't want to say knockoff, but I don't know if they're official either, like shirts. Oh, okay. Uh, he used to post about them when he was with his girlfriend, like last year. And it would be text-based shirts in the Friends font. And it would be like, you know, could I be wearing any more clothes? Like like those sorts of lines and things like that. Uh, and he was like in the pictures modeling them. And so was his girlfriend and stuff like that. And that was a little bit odd because it wasn't official merch, don't believe. Well, because I, back in the day, I wouldn't buy any merch unless it was official for anything. And I was like, no, if it's not officially licensed, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm not buying this cheap unlicensed tat. Which is still a rule I have about Disney stuff, to be fair. But, but I've kind of gotten over it as the years have gone on. Because I guess as a youngster, my brain was like, it needs to be official because then it's genuine and it's a real thing. Whereas if it's just some bloke, like, you know, you go to a concert and there'd be like the tour shirt that was like £28 and then yeah. outside there'd basically be a similar shirt that was six quid but would fall apart at a washing machine. Yeah. That's how my brain sort of unlicensed stuff. Um, 
we were so like friends that's kind of so old and it isn't really a brand in a sense. I don't know if I'd really care about official merch or not because is it going to really change what it is? Yeah, like I would really love to do some friends merch. Uh, it's a bit of a, a legal issue in some ways because I guess like if you call it friends merch, no. But then if you did like a, a two lobsters holding hands, could be anything, right? I guess. Like, I, I do like the idea, and, and perhaps maybe in future that's something that we explore is like some kind of like friends-inspired merch uh, and designs, Fair. Which, which could be fun, but I don't know. Uh, maybe our listeners can let us know if they'd like to see something like that. Get some watching friends merch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But we can might get <laughs> two orders. <laughs> one for me, one for you. <laughs> like not another tangent. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Or just like a, your whole back just being one of your tangents, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I guess we should probably get into the episode now. So this is the one with uh, where Old Yeller dies. And we open with like a lovely scene of Central Park. Not Perk. Nope, Park. Uh, I really love Central Park. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's, it's a place you need to go to in summer. In winter, it's just like bitterly cold and there's no leaves on any of the trees there. So it's a bit barren. I've only been in autumn or winter and it was quite barren, but I still really liked it. But yeah, in, in summer, there's like the, the little kind of weird castle thing that you can go up that's in the middle. That's really cool. Uh, there's obviously the, the famous bridges that we've seen in many films. Yep. There's also like a, a secret garden that you can go in. It's like just like a, it's basically like a, an area that's just filled with bushes and trees and whatever. So you wouldn't notice it. And then there's just like a gate and just there's a sign on it saying secret garden. It's only open certain hours of the day. It's like a little trail that's hidden like, in between some bushes and there's like all fancy flowers and exotic stuff there. It's very nice. Um, obviously there's the, the famous fountain there, which is what the friend's fountain is inspired by. Yep. And there's like the toadstool and there's a few other like... Alice in Wonderland statues. Yeah, very cool. exactly. So there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff in Central Park. Um, it's a bit of a weird place because like the first half of it, you're like, this is cool. And then you get up to like where the, the lake is in the middle. Like... Do I go past it? Because then I'm starting to enter like the Bronx and stuff and it feels less touristy and less kind of safe and like there's people around. Yeah, you're going to get to the point where you're like by the museum area. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's kind of safe here because museums, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's lots of tourists and there's lots of people around having picnics and that, but then you get past that lake and you're like, suddenly a lot less people around. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a safer park than it used to be. Oh, it used like, to be like... Even in the daytime, you didn't go through because you'd be murdered and stabbed, right? Yeah, and you definitely wouldn't go through after dark, whereas I would happily go on a stroll through Central Park at night now. Okay. But I live in a rough area of Birmingham, so <laughs> yeah. what am I pro- Short of there being more guns, there's, there's not going to be that much. Plus you would twirl your moustache and use your British accent and go, oh, what is that metal thing you're pointing at me? Let me have a closer look, sir. Yeah, what are the local boomstick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it's a nice thing to have. I, I really like seeing New York in friends and it's a real shame we never kind of get to see them there a lot like outside because again watching Seinfeld and I'll bring this back up again there's a lot of scenes where they film it out on the streets and in real locations and that's really nice and friends never really does that like most of their stuff is on set obviously it was filmed in LA so pretty pretty far away right Uh, but yeah I there's something about like you know 90s New York that's kind of fascinating to me that I, I just love seeing it fair enough but yeah, 
I guess I was going to ask you what you think about Central Park, but uh, I guess you've already told me. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I've, yeah. I've only been to New York twice, but both times I enjoyed the park. I would like to see it in the summer. The only problem is there's no hockey on in the summer, and I'm not flying all the way to the States if there's no hockey on. I, I don't have anything to, to say to that. Well, if I'm going to go there, I may as well go when hockey's on. I, I could go there any time of year. I love, love New York. But there's no hockey on. It doesn't matter. I can, I can go and stand outside the Friends building. You, can you, do that. you didn't even do that, did you? No. You can, See, I've done that. You can do that when the hockey's on. I've done that. Well, yes. not when the hockey's on, because you'll be at the hockey, but you can do it in the season. Well, there's, there's, there is a lot of friends, like, places you can go to. So, like, you can go to the Friends building, so um, Monica's apartment, basically, which is, you know, the, the thing that you see in all the institutions. Word, can I? <laughs> what, I yeah. The, 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 the little the clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little scene transitions. Yeah, those things. Uh, you can also go to like Phoebe's apartment. The people figured out where that is. There's there's a lot of places that are kind of like filmed and shown. Obviously, the the museum you can go to where Ross works. You know, actually, you can go Madison Square Garden where there's hockey. Not good hockey because it's the Rangers, but that's a place from friends. So technically, I have been to a friend's location <laughs> okay. in New York. Have you been to Macy's? Yes. Or Bloomies? No. No, I don't. I don't think I went into Bloomingdale's. Yeah, but. Yeah. But yeah, so there's lots of places. Though. Yeah, I love, I absolutely love New York. Uh, but you know, I guess we should get really into the episode now. Uh, Phoebe's turns up at Monica's, and everyone is watching Old Yeller, uh, even including Richard. Hey, what you guys doing? Monica's making us watch Old Yeller. Guys, so upset. It's Old Yeller. It's a happy movie. What? What are you talking about? Come on. Happy family gets a dog. Frontier fun. Yeah, but Phoebe, what about the end? What? When Yeller saves the family from the wolf and everyone's happy? That's not the end. Yeah, huh? That's when my mother would shut off the TV and say the end. <laughs> what about the part where he has rabies? He doesn't have rabies. He has babies. That's what my mom said. Uh, Phoebe, I don't think your mom would want you to see what's about to happen. What? What's about to happen? I've never seen this part before. Hey, Travis, what you doing with that gun? <laughs> oh, no. No, no, Travis, put down the gun. No, 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 he's, he's your buddy. He's your yeller. No, 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 the end, the end. Okay, what kind of a sick doggy snuff film is this? Now, I've never seen this film. Me neither. Uh, but, you know, I've heard about it enough times, like in American pop culture, that I don't really want to. Yeah, I mean, I know what happens. I mean, I don't know those pop culture things, I think you just, you just, you just know. Yeah. You don't, it's, let's face it, references aren't sold to it. Like, you'll probably just see a reference, oh, I was going to go back and give him the old yellow treatment. It's a reference I remember hearing once, and then I think I saw a Family Guy reference to it, and I was like, okay, I'm, I don't know what happens, but I, yeah, I have no desire to watch the film. And it, it reminds me of stuff like, you know, The Grinch and Charlie Brown, just like these things that are played on TV all the time for Americans. You know, like the, the Charlie Brown Christmas special um, is certainly like things that Americans like go nuts for. Like, it's a, it's a institution at this point, isn't it? Yeah. That every Christmas it's played, and... I guess like in the in the UK we used to have that, but now we kind of really don't have these films that are just like played yearly. No, I think that the Snowman would be one at Christmas. Yeah, maybe the Batman and Robin episode of Early Falls on Horses. Yep, that's about it. Yeah, but but even those I don't think are 
are that high on the list now of like, quick everyone, we've got to get home because it's time to watch the have the yearly watch. Now you just stream them on Britbox or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I know in uh, certain European countries, I think it's in, it might be in the Netherlands, where there is a film that basically the whole country shuts down for and just watches before Christmas. Do not watch it any other time. It's always on the same channel, the same time, same day every year. And basically everyone's like, we are watching this like Christmas tradition. It's something that, cool. that, that we do sort of thing. I like the idea that tradition survived, you know, modern corporate yeah. times. But uh, but yeah, so like the, there's a lot of this stuff that kind of doesn't translate to it. Like Old Yellow is not a film I don't think anyone in the UK kind of could really say they've watched. But they, they obviously know of it from Friends, The Simpsons, Family Guy, whatever, mentioning it. Yeah. And basically, basically this scene, like, I couldn't even tell you what the film's about. All I know is a dog gets rabies and gets shot by the kid. Yeah. Sort of thing, so. Uh, but, you know, it turns out that uh, Phoebe's mum would, like, just turn off the film before the end and, like, sanitise the film. Like, sadly for Phoebe, she's just, you know, watching when old yellow has rabies and is about to be put down. I do really love it, like, when she asks, like, what kind of, like, sick doggy snuff film this is. Yeah, it's a great line. <laughs> There's something just, just about that phrase in, like, snuff film, like, just has these, like, connotations, I guess. It, it's, I mean, snuff film's a weird phrase to hear in Friends. Like, it's yeah. a weird phrase to hear ever, to be fair. Yeah. Um, don't remember when I first learned what that was, to be fair, but it's a very odd thing. But, yeah, yeah it's... I, I kind of... I kind of get Phoebe's mum sanitising the movies for kids, but... well. well you know, while that clip was playing, I was thinking that, you know, our pets probably didn't sanitise things. As, as two guys who grew up in the 90s, we probably watched Robocop, Total Recall, Starship yep. Troopers, Predator. I saw Alien when I was nine. Yeah, all, I was going to say, all when we was not age appropriate, right? Um, and it used to be, you know, years ago that even R-rated films, like in America, say, you know, they didn't check IDs or whatever. You could just go in. Just walk in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there's always stories of like you know I watched it with my older brother or I watched it with my dad like it's not that our families probably didn't care it's just back then you kind of ended up watching that stuff yeah I mean the only reason I got to see Alien so young was because consistently we used to go to the video store to rent videos every Saturday and I'd pick a film and my sister would pick a film and I complained for Alien or It every week for about five months mm. every time I, oh, I watch this oh i watch this i watch this oh, i want to watch this and i don't know what happens in the original it movie that my mom didn't want me to see but i remember once because i saw the clown and thought he looked cool that we should definitely watch it yeah and she went no you can't have that and i'd be like well at least let me have alien then and in my mom's weird brain that was somehow an okay <laughs> compromise so, so she let me rent alien and it scared the daylight out of me yeah it's it's it it's kind of weird but it's you know i think most people grew up watching things that, that were inappropriate for them. Yeah, it's part of the fun of growing up. Like yeah. you sneak to your friend's house and their mum lets you watch a scary movie or something. Or Yeah, it's fun. Uh, we then have our intro and we have our second clip now. Hey, have you guys eaten? Because uh, Richard and I just finished and we've got leftovers. Yeah. Chicken and potatoes. What am I wearing? <laughs> Actually, nothing but rubber gloves. You know, one of these times you're going to really be naked and we're not going to come over. All right, I've got a leg, three breasts, and a wing. Well, how do you find clothes that fit? <laughs> oh, hey, Monica, we got a question. All right, for the zillionth time, yes, I see other women in the shower at the gym, and no, I don't look. Oh, no, not that one. 
We're trying to figure out who to bring to the Knicks game tonight. We have an extra ticket. Yeah, Ross can't go, so it's between my friend Eric Prower, who has breath issues, and Dan with the poking. Did you see that play? Do you want some more beer? Is that Spike Lee? Okay. Why don't you ask Richard? Okay, uh, hey Richard, if you had an extra ticket to the Knicks game, and you had to choose between a friend who smelled and one who bruises you, who would you pick? Wow. Well, being a huge Knicks fan myself, I think you should take someone who's a huge Knicks fan. Okay. That's Eric. <laughs> Glad to be of help. Matches. I meant, why don't you take Richard to the game? Landing. What? I don't know. Come on. He keeps his fingers to himself, and he's always minty fresh. I don't know, Richard's really nice and everything. Uh, it's just that we don't know him really well, you know? And plus, he's, you know, old. I really love this scene. Like, I, I love how the guys, like, just burst in. <laughs> when Monica's <laughs> like, I'm not wearing any clothes. Just like, boom, it's <laughs> just straight there. They're already by the door. <laughs> uh, clearly, like, Monica teases the, teases the guys, like, a lot by saying that she's naked, like, if, for them to burst in like that. At the same time, like, is it a little creepy that they're hoping to see Monica naked? Like, I don't know. Like, there's a little bit of playful banter there, but there's also a little bit of seriousness of them hoping that they get a, get a peek. Yeah, I feel like if... If they actually thought Monica was naked, they wouldn't burst through the door. Yeah, like it's it's just them being idiots and the laugh. Yeah, I, I like to think it's the same teasing line as you know Rachel wanted to see Chandler's thing. Like yeah. the the thought of it is kind of like fun to them, but the actual reality wouldn't be as fun. Yeah, it'd be awkward. Uh, but then you know, like the the boys, they're just like so dense, not asking like Richard to, to the game, and I and I absolutely love you know how obvious. Um, he tries to be with it by saying, like, you know, he would like to go. Yeah, I mean, it's, I do like how he's just shameless in it. He's just like, you should take a huge next fan. I'm a huge next fan. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, cool. But, you know, I, I kind of feel why the guys think he's, he's a bit old for him. When, you you know, you're in your early 20s, or certainly when I was in my early 20s, you know, the thought of hanging out with someone in 40, like a 40-year-old was kind of odd to me. Uh, but, you know, being older now, I realised actually there's little difference between, like, say, like a 25 and a 45-year-old, like, you're kind of really going through the same things. You're into the same things. Like there, there's not too much different there. No, like I mean, if anything, I'm what 35, and I've probably got more in common with 45 year olds than 25 year olds. Yeah. Like if turn up, let's go out and party for six a.m. I'd be like, oh, I've done that once this year already. <laughs> I don't know if I can take it twice. You, you, you certainly would be like, so guys, what's new in sex? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe this is a thing that's changed off the last few years because, like, you know, like clubs used to be for 18 year olds. But now I feel like if you go to a club now, it's full of 40-year-olds. And like 18-year-olds don't go to clubs. They're, they're, they're online now. It's almost like there was like a 10 or 20-year span of like people went to clubs and those people still go to clubs now. And outside of that, like they don't do that anymore. Well, I mean, I think people, again, I don't know if it's just my perception or it's always been this, but I think feel like people's lives are so much more hectic now with everything we do and there's so much more to do in the world than there may have been 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And I think a lot of people want to enjoy their social time. Not that you can't enjoy going to a club, but it's difficult to, to have a conversation and properly socialise at a club. So I think most people feel like restaurants and bars and pubs where they can have some food, drink some drinks. Maybe it's just our age. And you go, cool, we had a nice night at the pub, we had some beers mm. and some food, and now we're going home. And there you go. Well, yeah, on a, on a Friday night, it would be watch rubbish TV or go out. Where do you go out? You can either go to a pub or you can go to a club. And that's the way to meet people then. But obviously now you can meet people 
anywhere. It should be sure. on an app, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit weird, but as you grow older, I feel like you understand, yeah, actually older people are not that much different, really. Yeah, well, I've got friends kind of all over kind of the age range, I guess, and but I'd probably rather hang out with some of the older ones a lot of times than some of the younger ones. Mm. Uh, Monica says that if the boys invited Richard, they might get to go in his Jag. And now, I always kind of forget that, that Jaguars are like, are a thing in America. Um, you know, it, to me, it's a very British car. Uh, but mainly because Americans can't say Jaguar. They're putting a W in calling it Jaguar. Jaguar, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not Jaguar, Jaguar. Jaguar. It's not got a W in, it's got a U, it's got an A, it's got an R. Are you um, just being extra particular because you have one? No, I just hate the word, like how Americans call it Jaguar, when it's not Jaguar. It's not Jaguar. It's, it's, no it's Jaguar. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's colour with a U. <laughs> that doesn't matter, right? But there's, there's certain words that Americans say, and you're like, why are you putting extra letters in? Stop doing that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do forget that they have them there because, yeah, I just think of it as being a very British car. Yeah, I kind of feel like I imagine them having Rolls Royces, not Jaguars. It yeah. doesn't really make any sense, but yeah. yeah. Jaguar definitely seems like it's just a British. It's, yeah, because this, you know, it's uh, as a brand, it's like a, a slightly prestigious brand or used to be, I guess. It, it's, it's probably toned down a little bit and become more general now. But yeah, it used to be one of those brands, a bit like a Rolls Royce in a sense of like, you know, not not many people had them, or if you did, you had some money. Yeah. Whereas now, no, like it's the same as a, a BMW or an Audi or whatever. Like they're not they're not up there anymore. Like anyone can kind of get them. Yeah, I suppose if you're going to be impressed by a Jag now, it'd be like a classic Jag, like an old E-Type yes. or something, where you'd be like, whoa, as opposed to like oh, the new Jags out because I mean, cars are obscenely expensive anyway. To be yeah. fair, but uh, so yeah, uh, we then end up at Ross's apartment, which looks different once again. Uh, it's a little bit more normal now. Yeah, it looks like an adult lives there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's sniffing Ben's butts. Now, I don't know about us humans. Um, you know, we think we smell something bad, so we always put our faces in it to check. <laughs> That's true. Like, I mean, the amount of times I've taken milk out of the fridge and been, it's just gone off. And they've gone, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like super inhaled, they've gone off milk. And then I'm like, no, my eyes are watering, it's terrible. Or, or certainly the, the joke in a lot of sitcoms is, you know, if men touch something, they have to sniff their fingers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Grim. You know, but... The yeah. fact I knew exactly what you meant <laughs> yeah. is even worse. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, don't, don't do that. Like, you know, if you've, if you've got a baby and yeah, there's a bad smell... Yeah, it probably is what you think it is. I'd yeah. open and look. I'm not going to stick my <laughs> yeah, face in there. Yeah, like, we'll yeah. just have a look on me. Yeah, I don't need a stronger whiffer, that's for, for sure, right? Don't poke a finger down the back. That's not going to work. Carol and Susan have turned up to pick up Ben. Um, but Ross has a story about Ben pulling himself up. And, like, he's excited, as he should be, about, you know, his, his child doing that. I assume Ben's, at this point, you know, still under the age of one. Um, so, yeah, that's, like, kind of exciting. So, like, kind of like that. Um, Ross even videotaped it. One of those huge 90s camcorders. It is crazy when you think about it. Like, Ross recorded it and my brain goes, pulled out his phone. Like, no, we have no. to get that giant contraption, make sure there's a specific tape of space to record on and record it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is weird when you think about people with home movies. Like, I, our family never did home movies. And I don't think a lot of British people did. I feel, again, this is a very American thing of having home movies and filming your family. Uh so the kind of well-off side of my family had a video recorder yeah. when I was a kid. And we would go around and it would seldom come out apart from at like school plays yeah. or Christmas where my aunt would insist that everyone, my, my uncle lives in Australia. 
And every Christmas we'd go around on Boxing Day and we'd record some kind of weird family talent tape where we got <laughs> forced to do things. Oh, yeah, I think you've mentioned this before, doing the Macarena. Yeah, but I mean, there's one, it was one every year. Like the Macarena one sticks out because I hated it so much. Um, I remember one year my aunt was a bit drunk and did the can-can. Okay. And it was just insane just to see, but it's a very fun memory. But yeah, we do it. But that was the only really people I knew with one. But yeah, like you got to, as you said, like Ross had to have his camcorder ready in filming. Like now you would film everything. Yeah. Like if you had a young child, you'd have your camera just, just out for whenever they do things. But yeah, for that, you've specifically got to have it prepared and set up because they weren't things that you could just point and touch a button off it goes. They were, right, got to turn it on, wait for it to power up. Is it ready? Now I can hit play. Obviously, the tape's got to be ready and so on, right? Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely amazing, right? Uh, But then we get Susan, who has to ruin it. He already did that a week ago. Like, she needs to really stop being mean to Ross about this stuff. Like, Ross is missing out on these things already. I don't think Susan's being mean here. She's just being, yeah, he did that a week ago. Like, I don't know. It's Susan. I feel like she gets, especially her smile on her face, like she had some joy in telling him that. Because um, it's it's actually interesting to to note that he only sees Ben once a week. Like it's not like Carol and Susan live that far away from him. So to be a dad that only gets to look after his child once a week this early on as well seems a little strange to me. Well, given that there's no real routine to ruin, so it's not like if Ben pops over to Russ's on a Tuesday evening, it's suddenly going to wreck his school week. No. Like he just, you could have him whenever. Yeah, I I feel like you know Ross should be. Around Susan and Carol's more often all being like, hey, I'll take him for the, the evening. Yeah. Whatever. Or we don't actually know Ross's working hours because, <laughs> you know, he's at Central Perk most of the time, yeah, right? Yeah, just turns up at the museum and, like, what is this to do at a museum, really? Yeah. But do you, think, do you think his job's actually quite dull sometimes? Like, it's not all exciting dinosaur things. It might just be there's some fossilized plants over there or whatever. Well, we don't actually know what Ross does. Like, in my mind, I feel like he's like a, a tour guide or something that's telling you about the, the exhibits or whatever. But the show kind of hints that maybe he's behind the scenes a little bit. And well, he's, he's got a doctorate, so I don't think he's a tour guide. I think he's very much... Because when they have the episode where, is it Joey goes to work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You very much get the sense that he's fancy, highfalutin, you know, academic. Yeah. And if anything, he might just be writing a paper. He might just be looking at the the neck bone of some dinosaur and being like, it's actually the 14th vertebrae, not the 12th. And that means the dinosaur stood at a different angle. And I imagine that's the kind of thing Ross does all day. But at the same time, we have seen him, you know, sort out displays and stuff like that and go to display emergencies in the middle of the night. I suppose if he's in charge of the section, it's yeah. fundamentally the book stops with him. But yeah, I, I feel like it is a little sad that he doesn't see Ben that often. Um, I wonder if that's just an effort on his part or if it is a... Susan and Carol thing. I mean, there's plenty of conspiracy theories out on the uh, the Friends <laughs> yeah. internet about why we see less and less of Ross, as the, as the, <laughs> Ross less and less of Ben. Why well, Ross is less and less of Ben over the years. Yep. Uh, yeah, we'll probably get into that in a few seasons time, mm-hmm. I guess. Like you know, we all think of Ross being like this dad, but he's one of those dads like you know you hear about that doesn't seem to to be with their kid that much. Yeah. Just. You know, I guess most most relationships would be like, oh, he's a bit of a, like a deadbeat dad. You know, he sees his kid once a week when he kind of has to or whatever. I mean, at this age, I guess it's kind of difficult in the sense of the kid doesn't really know if Ross is around or not. No. Like, and, if Ben was, like, 10, you'd be like, yeah, deadbeat dad. Like, yeah. why aren't you hanging out after school and doing things? But you feel like he, he should want to be more involved than he actually is. Like, he can't be that busy. 
I mean, I get the sense that he wants to be. It's just not a routine that he's been able to work out. No. Uh, so all that stuff's kind of interesting, but it, it, it's so glossed over that you don't even think about it. You don't, not like, you know what? Ross should really see his child a bit more. It's just like, it's a little funny joke and off it goes again. Um, but, you know, they're going to give him, uh, give Ross Ben, uh, they're going to give Ross Ben for the whole weekend. I do love how quickly they leap. But like, it's like, I want Ben for a whole weekend. And they're like, yes, take him. Well, I, I put in my notes here, any pen would love a whole weekend with no kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I, I think that's a, a probably quite a realistic joke of, you know, having, having some time to yourself away from your child. Like, while it is selfish, uh, I guess people without kids don't, don't quite realise actually how much time they take up. They, I guess people without kids sometimes probably think, oh, it's like a dog or cat, where it's like, yes, it's in your life the whole time, but, you know, it's... You know, it's doing its own thing. It's like, no, like literally having a, especially a child at one, like it's attached to you 24-7 pretty much. I mean, I guess it's a case of, you know, once you become a parent and you have a child, you you become parents, not a couple, even mm. though you're still a couple. So I guess, you know, trying to, you jump at the opportunity to connect again as a couple as opposed to being the parents of a child. I, I don't even know if it's that. I think it's probably just having you know some time where you it's quiet and you're alone <laughs> you do nothing you can go to the cinema you can just watch tv and not worry like it's, it's probably just boring stuff really of just in, in my mind it's like being at work and you know you have that co-worker that just doesn't stop talking to you i think i'm that co-worker <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and you know just be like no just leave me alone i want some peace to get on with things uh we then head to uh central perk where Phoebe is there with a bunch of tapes. Um, her grandma told her that her mum wouldn't let her see the ends of shows um, of sad movies, basically to protect her from the sadness. You know, before she killed herself. I, I love that joke. It's so <laughs> funny. Cause Phoebe has, you know, a giant right to be annoyed in principle. Like, oh no, don't let me see the end of that sad movie, but kill yourself. That'll save you from trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I get the sentiment. and I, I feel like a lot of Christians do this with, or used to with films and that. And certainly there's Christian websites out where they actually like review the film to be like, can you watch this or can your children watch this? Does it have yes. like anything, any sins in there or is there like bits you need to skip? There's a website you can, t- you can go on that basically rates the, the, I guess the Christian compatibility scale of yes. the movie. You have to pay to access it. Because I, I found out it existed and I was like, right, what movies can I, I want to see the Christian review of like Team America. Um, you have to pay. You can read like four reviews for free and then you have to actually okay. sign up. Well, there is also a website that tells you the best time to go to the toilet during a film. So if you're at the cinema, it will, it will describe the scene of like, you know, and then they walk into the coffee shop if you go to the toilet then you literally have 2.4 minutes to use the bathroom <laughs> before anything important happens again you're going to miss it it's like, that's actually quite clever if you're someone with a, a small bladder like like some of our friends who seem to get up in the cinema quite often I'm always going to the cinema my bladder's tiny <laughs> maybe you're the person I'm thinking yeah. of um, I mean Lord of the Rings was something was ridiculous that had 17 endings I nearly wet myself at the start of every single one of them I was like I need to go get on the boat Frodo <laughs> Uh, the boys then walk in, and uh, Monica's first fear is that they ditched Richard. Has <laughs> <laughs> left him at the yeah, next game. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, he's old enough to look after himself, right? Like, you know, he's actually parking the car. But I think that's funny that she's so concerned that they have ditched her older boyfriend. Uh, but you know, they had a lot of fun with him. Uh, he even let them drive the car. Chandler for more minutes than Joey. Yeah, he got more blocks. Uh, that means, according to Rachel, that he must like Chandler more. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> she's teasing him. Again, comedy, great comedy from Rachel, and she just doesn't get the credit. No. Uh, 
This uh, had me thinking, like, it's a little bit strange, though, to think that they have driving licenses. Like, none of them have cars. And if you live in New York, there's not always really a good reason to own a car. Well, a lot of American high schools have your uh, equipped driving test as part of your education. Like, okay. in your, like, final years of high school, you'll take driver's ed and you'll learn to drive, which I don't know is a thing. That's like, a growing up to watch Buffy. And there's an episode where they, Buffy tries to learn to drive, but she's terrible at it. Um, but, yeah, they just teach you to drive as part of school. Um, I would assume it's because America is so vast that it seemed as a an unnecessary thing for you to learn because if you need to drive yeah. to college or you know the local supermarkets a two and a half hour drive away, you're gonna need it. Whereas in England, the public transport system's unreliable, but it's consistent enough, I guess, for it to function without you needing to learn to drive at the age of sixteen. Okay, I don't think I'd let anyone. Well, I wouldn't let you drive my car if you had a, if you'd pass your test. Why not, Mark? I just don't trust anyone to drive my car do you think i would go too fast i don't think that's the concern i feel like either someone would hit you and then i'd be annoyed because you were driving it so it'd be your <laughs> fault um or you know just the, the roads are, uh, are quite busy and certainly like if you're not used to a car it's very easy to scrape like my car is quite large um and it's quite long so it's very difficult like to even just go around corners you have to take with like a wider berth than normal and I feel like some friends are just like, oh, you should just get in your car. It's like, yes, that car is worth quite a bit of money. And if you like dent it, you're not going to pay for it, are you? You are the second most cautious driver I know. Okay. There's only one driver more cautious than you. And I'm pretty sure they forget their car's got a third gear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, the, the scale is basically like them, you, most people in the middle. And then one of my friends is so far down the other end of the scale you can't even see him and <laughs> yeah. he'll, he'll drift around around about at 70 like it's yeah. just it's insane but it, it it definitely does depend on the car like when i'm driving like i basically just stay in whatever lane i'm in whereas i'm watching other people whizzing and out and doing le- illegal moves right they're generally in like like small small hatchbacks yeah where they can do that i can't do that in my car because like i might look to my right and go there's nothing there but you know six foot further back there is something (laughs) there because of how big the car is so it it definitely does depend on the car but at the same time like everyone just goes oh you got insurance haven't you yeah but if you're driving it one are you covered and two i'm gonna like be worse off by claiming on the insurance very true so yeah I've, i've always been a bit weird about people wanting to touch my car Second, I got my license. I'm jumping your car. Especially one of my friends. Uh, when I f- when I got my very first car, he's like, "Oh, can I have a go of it?" Like, I'll just drive around like the empty car park. And he had crashed his car a few weeks previously. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm not going to trust him to drive my car. That's fair. Uh, yeah, Richard. Uh, you know, then does the the money in hand tipping thing. So Richard does the, the money in hand tipping thing. Have you ever done that, Ryan? Mm, legitimately, no. Like I've messed around. <laughs> so so you've like, done a Charlo yeah, and Joey. I've done Charlo and Joey. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I've never actually tried to do it because we live in England and we don't tip. <laughs> no. And you can't really do that with change. <laughs> no, because no, no, there, there is like a future episode where Chandler does try this again and he does use coins and it just like splats on the floor, right? <laughs> just chucking 50p's at people. But, but that's the thing with like in America, like with tipping, you basically just get like a, a dollar or two and you've r- rolled up so much, it could be 20, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's funny that they're like, they're trying to mimic Richard by doing this. Like, oh, he's so cool doing that. Let's like do it ourselves. Richard is cool though, to be fair. 
but you know, I'm not sure if it is actually as cool as the boys make it out to be doing that. And you know, as I said, we we see China doing it in a scene in a later season. Well, a lot of it is just Americans are so kind of forced to tip because their employment laws mm. are so dreadful that it's like that man told you where your seat was. And it's like, well, it's numbered in a row in a block. Yeah. I can pretty sure I can find my way. I don't need you to show me, and then now I've got to pay you for doing it. Yeah, the you know, I I always like the the joke of you know if you're at the the hotel and the guy takes your bags up, like waiting there for a tip, go mate. I just took it 13,000 miles. I'm not going <laughs> to tip you $10 for the last 30 feet. Fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do like the way, like, Chandler's actually quite good at doing it in this scene. But when he does it in a, in a future season, he's actually really terrible at it. Out of practice. Him and Joey should have kept it up. Uh, Ross is then at Monica's with Ben and Carol and Susan uh, as they're dropping them off for the weekend. And Joey's in the kitchen with a cigar, checking himself out in the mirror. Joey? Do you know we can see you from here? How come Richard looks so much cooler with one of these than me? Well, for starters, you may want to light it and lose the spatula. You know what? I think it's cute. You're trying to be more like Richard. Not like him, per se. Just not unlike him. It's the artist formerly known as Chandler. He's trying something here, you know. So, Joey, why didn't you grow a mustache? Oh, we flipped for it. I got the cigar, he got the mustache. Right? If we both grew, we'd look like dwarfs. <laughs> yeah, you really sidestepped that landmine. Hey, listen, we gotta go. I promised Richard we'd meet him downstairs. Oh, come on. You're meeting Richard? Yeah, we're going to a Ranger game. Yeah, didn't he tell you? Oh, he told me he was going out with the guys. I just didn't know that you were the guys. You hear that? We're the guys. We're the guys. <laughs> so yeah, Chandler walks in with a moustache and looks like a, in my mind, like a, a southern cop who's, a, who's pulled you over. Yeah. I, I love the weird confidence, like sassy stroll <laughs> yeah. in his guy as he walks into the apartment. Uh, and then, yeah, Joey is, has the cigar. And, you know, I, I think everyone loves the smell of cigars. But it's, it's, it's sadly not something you, you kind of like get much anymore. Like I, I remember one of my, my friends when I was younger, uh, his dad smoked cigars and he had like the leather chair and the wooden like fancy desk and everything. And it's like, yeah, you could just imagine it, right? I, I, quite, I quite like, I guess, like the, the posturing image yeah. of being sat in a chair, an armchair in, you know, a dimly lit room with a brandy. And yes. A like, yes, I am Winston Churchill type thing. That'd be very cool, but I'm not going to smoke. So, But I didn't, no, until recently, uh, that you can't just really smoke a cigar. Um, it would actually probably just make you be sick. So, like, if I gave you a cigar now and you've never smoked before, you'd probably just be sick from that one puff of it. Why? Because a, a cigar isn't like a cigarette. It's it's like a hundred cigarettes sort of thing. Like, it, it's so strong. That's why people, you never see someone ever just smoke a cigar, like, at a bar. They will have a few puffs or whatever, and then they put it back out, and that's why you see lots of cigars just in ashtrays, just like half half there, because they're going to come back to it later. I mean, I've, I don't really smoke, so I don't know, but I didn't think you were supposed to inhale a cigar fully the same way you do a cigarette. I don't know. I thought you were supposed to kind of take it into your mouth, let it kind of ruminate at the back of your throat, and then blow it out, whereas a cigarette-type implement yeah. you would let's <laughs> not use that word on the podcast you would you know you'd drag and then you'd like inhale yes. it fully and then i'd cough for four hours because i don't smoke and then you can back out 
But yeah, apparently, like, you know, you have to kind of wean your way onto cigars. You can't just have one. An awful idea. Um, so, yeah, so basically, basically it's, it's, it's meant to be a fancy thing that you kind of enjoy for a few moments and then you put back out and then you might not have it again for a few days. So kind of interesting in some ways. Uh, Monica thinks it's quite cute that Joey is trying to be more like Richard. Um, and then obviously Chandler walks in with his bum fluff on his lip. <laughs> uh, you know, and they flipped who got the cigar and who got the moustache. And, you know, I, d- I do wonder how Joey would have looked with the moustache. I think Joey could have pulled it off. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I bet he could put, put it off better than Chandler. Because Chandler does just look like a dodgy, you know, southern cop who's like got the aviators on and everything. And we know Chandler has smoked, does smoke, will smoke. So him yeah. with a cigar is like, okay, he doesn't seem that ridiculous. No, no, that makes way more sense, right? Uh, and they're off to, to meet Richard for a Rangers game. Yuck. The boys are now the guys. Sorry, you're still disgusted. Rangers, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to edit that out. We've lost all, all our fans. Um, Monica didn't realise uh, when Richard said uh, he meant they'd be the, be the guys. So I, I do like that. They're not the boys anymore. They're the guys. What, what do you affectionately call us lot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a four-letter word. <laughs> I'm sure you... Begins with T. I'm sure you have one. Like, when you change to the, you know, the other half, you're like, oh, where are you go- oh I'm going out with the... What you know? What's our what's our word? You you don't have a word. It's just like I'm just going out with Ryan and whoever. Oh, you like the lads? The lads. Which is <laughs> the which, lads. Yeah, which my sister always laughs at. She's like Ryan, you and your friends are so far from lads. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm going out with the lads. We're going to play Warhammer now and uh, discuss, um, you know, Star Trek. <laughs> it, it, to be fair, different group friendship groups of mine have got different. So you like the lads just because yeah. I see you all the time and most often. And then occasionally there's the boys, which is a different set of friends. Right. Then there's the nerds, which is another set of friends. Okay, at least, at least I'm not a nerd. So, yeah, there's, just, there's lots of different groups that all have different. No, I, I generally have, I, I think the only, the only group I have is, you know, my rich friends. Because they they're the friends who have a lot of money and I rarely see them because I can't afford their lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> They've got their cigars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah they're, they're the type who, who are, you know, at the, the cocktail bars ordering their £100 bottles of vodka, and I'm like, I'll just have a water, please. I'll have a sip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How much was my glass? Oh, 10. Okay, I'll give you £10. For... Yeah. Um, we're at Central Park, and Ross and Ben have come to see Rachel at work. Very nice of Ben to, <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to... Uh, Ross is trying to get him to talk and say Dada, and not really doing it. Can't really force children to, to talk. They talk when they want to they just make sounds and they feel like it yep. uh, and then Ross hands uh, Rachel Ben she's so awkward with him uh, and you know I, I kind of think like most people who are not used to kids don't know how to hold them it's a bit like watching someone pick up a cat yeah well my fr- our friend shouts at me for the way I, p- I pick up cats <laughs> I think I pick up cats why I pick up kids and pick up kids that I pick up cats <laughs> I, I was going to say is, is, is it almost like a a UFO catcher or like the, the crane game where you've just got your arms spread out and you just like pull them together and just <laughs> lift them up, right? Uh, I, well, our friend Neil who's complaining says that I pick up cats as if they're dogs. Okay. And they're not because dogs are better than cats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is funny watching people who don't have children or, or cats or whatever try try and pick them up. It's, it's Basically, you just got to hold them close to you, not not think of like, oh, how... There's a special point, lifting point for them. You just kind of pick them up. 
I used to be the, the classic kind of guy who you'd give me the baby and I'd be like, but what if I throw it? And it's like, you won't. He's like, but what if I do? Like, <laughs> like, I'd just be terrified. And then my friends had a baby and I went round and they were having none of it. They were just like, there's the baby, hold the baby, you'll be fine. And they just wouldn't let me freak out about it and I didn't have a choice. And it's like, support the head, don't drop it, you'll be fine. And then after like 10 minutes, I'd be like, I'm going to break it. I was like, oh wait, this is really easy. And now I'm fine with kids. Yeah, it's, it's not difficult. I feel like it's just because you think this is a, a living thing that's not mine. I could damage it. Especially tiny babies. Like yeah. once they get to toddler age and they're running into windows and walls anyway, <laughs> you're like, oh, it survives worse than me <laughs> dropping it. Like, <laughs> I could make it better. Yeah, it won't like, run into windows anymore. Like, like he's just ran into that cupboard face first. <laughs> no one's going to notice if I drop it. <laughs> uh, we then have our next clip. What are you doing? Uh, I'm holding Ben. Yeah, well, he's a baby, not a bomb. Okay. Well, just hold him like you'd hold a football. This is how I would hold a football. Okay, here, here. There we go. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just not very good with babies. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been around them. I mean, you know, since I was one. <laughs> it's all right. It's no big deal. Really? Yeah, definitely. I'm sure you'll feel totally different when it's our baby. What? What? You th think about stuff like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, actually, I kind of think that we'll have we'll have two babies. Two, two babies? Yeah. You know, a boy and a girl. Hopefully, the girl will come first, so Ben here won't feel too competitive. You know? well, uh, uh, then what's gonna happen? Well, we won't want to raise kids in the city, so we'll probably move to uh, Scarsdale. Uh -huh. Yeah, that way, I figure, you know, we'll be far enough away from our parents that we don't have to see them all the time, but close enough that they can come over and babysit whenever we want. And yes, I know the taxes are a little higher than, let's say, Nassau County, but the school system's supposedly great. So it's another Ross and Rachel issue. Yep. I think we're going to take a short break to get our thoughts together. Prepare ourselves. Yeah, pretty much. So we'll see you on the other side. enough deep dives into your favorite superheroes. One podcast stands as a shining beacon in a world of pain and darkness. Yeah, yeah, darkness. Yeah, lots of darkness. Bunch of dark stuff. Superhero stuff you should know. That's us. Andrew, why are you talking like that? I'm the movie voice guy now. I'm the new movie voice guy, and it's time for you to listen to superhero stuff you should know. <laughs> uh, so we have, like, unused concept art, unmade scripts, unmade superhero movies, all check us out at Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Ben, you should do a movie voice guy voice. Guy voice. Uh, I would, but I think we're out of time. Superhero Stuff You Should Know, part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Part of the HyperX Podcast Network. I just said that. Make room for huge plays with the HyperX Alloy Origin 65 Mechanical Gaming Keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste Wireless Mouse. The Alloy Origin 65 has a functionally compact form factor, keeping the arrow keys while ditching the numpad and the F keys. The Pulsefire Haste is the lightest wireless mouse from HyperX, featuring a robust connection and the precision you need to click heads. 
the Alloy Origin 65, and Pulsefire Haste Wireless. A terrific twosome to keep your setup clean and clutter-free. The award-winning Go Nintendo podcast is the best place to get the latest news on the world of Nintendo. We cover the biggest stories, share impressions of the latest games, and answer your burning questions. There's also some general pop culture talk, game music trivia, a heaping helping of silliness, and did I mention our robot companion? I'm the star of the show. Catch new episodes of the Go Nintendo podcast every Saturday on the HyperX Podcast Network. Make room for huge plays with the HyperX Alloy Origins 65 Mechanical Gaming Keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste Wireless Mouse. The Alloy Origin 65 has a functionally compact form factor, keeping the arrow keys without the numpad and function keys. The Pulsefire Haste is the lightest wireless mouse from HyperX, featuring a robust connection, up to 100 hours of battery life, and is even water resistant. The Alloy Origin 65 and Pulsefire Haste Wireless Keep your setup clean and clutter-free with the Alloy Origin 65 mechanical keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste wireless mouse. Ryan has filled up his mug of tea. Yep. Got it. You go through a lot of tea on this episode. On these episodes. Yeah, that's what I like. Two cups an episode, maybe. Maybe. Um, Not a lot. It, it's, cer- it's certainly what your. Uh, Patreon money is is going towards isn't it? just tea bags <laughs> you, for Ryan. You, I don't, you, you could just send us tea bags. That's fine. <laughs> I'll take payment in tea bags. Uh, what about some rooibos tea? What now? Rooibos. Rooibos. Rooibos is um, from South Africa. It's very nice tea. Oh, I've never tried it. I'll, I'll, give it go. I'll, I'll give you some. I mean, it's a tangent, but you brought up tea. It was National Tea Day yesterday. It was yes. Which is great. The best which, day. Which ever. dates this show as well. It does. <laughs> But it was, oh, does it? Like, who out there knows it's National Tea Day? <laughs> this, like, no, there's a girl I work with, and we're both big tea enthusiasts. And she was the only person at work that was excited that it was National Tea Day. So she decided that for next year, we're going to have a morning meeting dedicated to National Tea Day, in which we bring in a variety of teas that we make people. And the morning meeting is just going to be, try this green tea from China. Try this tea from here. Try this. And then everyone gets to have tea and a nice little natter. Okay. Bring your own biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, to get back to our earlier thoughts, I guess, on uh, Ross and Rachel. You know, Rachel, you know, she doesn't really feel all that comfortable holding a baby. And then Ross lets slip, you know, he thinks like she will when they have a baby. I mean, logically, that makes sense. It's, you know, it's her baby. Makes sense. And, you know, he's been thinking about a lot about this. And, you know, they're going to have two babies, a boy and a girl. And then they're going to, you know, they're going to move as well. And I think it's just like too much too soon in this relationship. Like, yes, you should like discuss if you want kids or not quite early in a relationship. Yeah. Like I have seen couples, uh, like especially online where they're like, oh, you know, uh, you know, my boyfriend wants a baby and I don't. And we've been going out five years. What now? It's like, well, you're going to break up then, aren't you? Because one of you is going to regret it and hate you for like the rest of their lives, whichever mm. way it goes. Right. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. You should discuss early. Maybe not the details, like certainly not names you've got for your kids and where you're going to move and how you're going to do it and stuff like, you know, they've, they've been going out for, you know, just over six weeks or something at this point. It's a, it's a, it's a bit full on. So I can see why Rachel freaks out. See, um, I understand why Rachel's freaking out, but I'm also not, I don't think Ross is in the wrong, given the fact that Ross has had feelings for Rachel for like a decade at this point. Yeah. 
So, well, however long it's been, eight years. So I, I understand why Ross, is, his brain is thinking that way because he's fancied Rachel for ages. They're finally together. They're a couple. He's finally got what he wants. Of course, his head's, or his heart trying to rave his head and he started thinking about all the potential futures because in Ross's brain, that's it now. He's got Rachel. Him and there's no one else he's ever wanted this much. She's definitely the one for him and they're going to, you know, grow old and live together happily ever after. So he's just going to start chucking that memory, that those thoughts together in his head. Whereas Rachel's, oh, I'm dating Ross now. We're finally together. It's been a rocky road, but we've been a couple for six weeks. But also, Ross has a child that he only sees once a week. Like, <laughs> Well, that's because Carol became a lesbian. That's not, if Carol hadn't become a lesbian, they'd see him every day because yeah. they still be together. Yeah, I, I don't think it, like, Ross is in the wrong. I think it is too much too soon. It's, it's too detailed and planning someone's life out. Because, yeah, Rachel's like in her mid-20s. Now she's just seen, you know, oh yeah, we just like I just started dating Ross. Like, let's see what where this goes, what happens. Not we're getting married already. Like she's she's not that into Ross. And it's it's too strong, especially after like everything that happened with Barry. Like almost her life has reset and she's like taking a step back from thinking about marriage and family and stuff. She's just trying to figure out, I guess, what she wants. Well, I guess we'll get more into that after you know, we talk about the argument that they have. Hmm. And they go more into this. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Ross could have read the room a little bit. He's not very perceptive sometimes where he says, our baby, and she's like, our baby, you think about that stuff? Like, it's not a, oh, you think about that stuff. It's a, yeah. you think about that stuff. And he should have been like, cross his mind occasionally and just don't, you don't need to go all out with the, yes, I've married moves this to Scottsdale or wherever the hell that is. And Yeah, he, he definitely, especially when it comes to Rachel, he thinks they're on exactly the same wavelength and they're not. They're in two totally different places. Like he's been, as you say, thinking about her for many years and she hasn't. So, you know, she she's kind of seen this a bit more casually while he's quite intense with it. I mean, again, me relating to Ross in more ways than I'd like to. Um, I'm very heart on my sleeve type guy. So I'm always very open and I guess people would say forward with my affections. Like, yeah. you know, if if I just make the decision to like date someone and it's going well, my brain's going to be like, oh yeah, this could potentially happen. Um, whereas I've been told by girls I've dated in the past, like, you were a bit keen and I'm like, I don't understand why that's bad. Yeah, yeah. what's wrong about being interested? <laughs> I'm just like, so normally women complain that men are aloof and distant and want to play the field. And then I'm like, we've been dating for two months. I like you. And they're like, oh my God, Ryan, calm down. And I'm like, well... Well, hu- humans are weird like that anyway, you know. It's like treat them mean, keep them keen, isn't it? Like people, if you are too keen to interest someone, for some reason as, as humans, we decide like that's a negative trait and, you know, you should always be wanting their approval. But as soon as you get it, you don't want it i mean not to not to defend or justify the incel crowd but you can see where their way of thinking starts yes before it becomes a problem so yeah. when they're being nut jobs on the internet and being horrible it's not just fools no get in the bin yeah. but the way of thinking of the kind of cliche nice guys finish last and the idea that Women complain that men don't commit and don't act in a certain way and men aren't kind and men aren't considerate and then when there's a guy that is those things and he continues to see like i felt this not insulated but in my past when like i would be i had a crush on a friend for instance i thought my god she's amazing like i'd like to date her but i don't think that's ever going to happen because she's never given me the sign she's interested and then it would you know we'd be at the pub and she'd be like oh uh barry barry uh it doesn't text me back or he cheated on me or he did this and you continually watch that friend essentially what my brain saw is like reward negative behavior you'd be yeah. like 
why am I bothering? Why am I being nice? Why aren't I being an F boy? As in the modern phrase would be like, yeah. why am I being myself essentially? And you kind of feel like, oh, I'm punished for being what society's told me women want. When in reality, women seem to want this. And it's just, it just gets quite frustrating. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. And to get it, get it back to Ross, like, yeah, Ross is just kind of saying how he feels. But yeah, he, he needs to have the self-awareness to understand that sometimes being too honest is not the right way to go. Yeah. And, and certainly some people see, see that as too, being too strong and you need to kind of like gently ease them in for, for those kind of conversations. Yeah, I think a lot of it fundamentally comes down to fear is that the, the, the Rachel in this instance is terrified, as we'll see from the fight, that her life will be planned out and dictated to her and she'll have no control. And it's like, well, that's not the healthiest of attitude to take into a relationship. It's not wrong. No. It's just when you actually sit down and look at why are you feeling these emotions and why, why are you experiencing them this way, it's not a positive reason. It's not, oh, because I'm a free spirit. It's, well, it's because you're terrified of something and you're scared of something and that's what's stopping you committing. Yeah. Because when you're in a romantic relationship, I guess logically the idea is to commit traditionally I, at least I, I guess this is going back on our previous episode talking like men are a bit more logical women a bit more feelings like men are, would be like you know i love you very quickly because they're like well you know this drink i love it it's great i can say that because that's a true feeling it's fine whereas from the woman's perspective perhaps it's it's like well whilst that may be true it is too intense a feeling straight away need to, to build up to, to that I guess which is weird given that women are seen as the more emotional of the two you'd yes. think it'd be the way around yeah but yeah it's weird so uh, but we then have Phoebe at Monica's and she's been watching lots of sad movies E.T. leaves Rocky loses Charlotte dies see uh, two of those make perfect sense to me where you don't see the end of the movie where the hell do you end Rocky that it has a happy <laughs> ending Rocky 2 <laughs> <laughs> there, isn't, there is not a single part of Rocky where you can press stop on that film and go. The only part would be maybe the first time him and Adrian like kiss. You could be like, and they all live happily ever after. <laughs> yeah. But then you'd be like, but what about the fight? Well, yeah, because like E.T. leaving, like there is very sad moments with that. Like, yes, you can potentially end that somewhere before. Rocky losing, like, is, is that that? It's not even a sad film, is it? Like, Rocky's not a sad film. Well, no, Rocky's a great film because Rocky loses. Yeah. Like, people don't like Rocky because he wins the fight. People like Rocky because he stays in the fight. Yeah. It's like, is it Rocky 3 or 4 where he has that speech like, oh, how'd you get here? Yeah. I keep my standing. And it's just like... <laughs> like it's, 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 <laughs> it's a great style of fashion. <laughs> it's like, that's why we like Rocky because he keeps trying. And I, it, I mean, Americans like it too, but it's a really British thing of rooting for the underdog. Like, yeah. I don't know a single British person that doesn't like Rocky. Even though they don't like the movie, they like the character Rocky yeah. because he just keeps going and he gets hit and he gets back up and he's great. But it is, it is a bit of a weird film for her to be upset about watching because like, it, it's not a sad film. It's, it's not an action film, but yeah, it's not an emotional film. And then there's Charlotte Dies in Charlotte's Web. I've not seen Charlotte's Web. But I thought like that was a, a kid's story anyway. Like It is. Yeah, I didn't think that. Like Maybe it's a Bambi connotations. In terms of like the sadness it, it portrays, there's nowhere to stop Bambi. Just don't put it on. <laughs> no, yeah. It's like if you've seen the Fox and the Hound. Yes. Oh, I mean, <laughs> until Up, that was probably the most heartbreaking Disney movie. Maybe still is, but Up is more not, recent, so it stings more. Not a Disney film, but uh, Watership Down. Don't watch that. Phoebe should never see that movie. Even as an adult, Phoebe should never watch <laughs> no, that movie. No, that is a such a 
I don't want to say terrible, but it, it's a violently horrible kids, kids yeah, film. It, right? It's horrific. Uh, you know, and then well, myxomatosis is a great word to say. <laughs> Why are you saying that word? It's the rabbit disease that oh, okay. they all get that makes them go loopy. Right. But myxomatosis, it's just fun to say myxomatosis. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, Phoebe's has had like a terrible life. So you think these kind of wouldn't be so bad for her? Like based on everything else she's gone through? Well, I guess at this point, Phoebe had a horrific childhood and the happy ending in these movies were her happy memories from childhood. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my life's terrible, but at least Rocky won <laughs> or whatever she thought happened when her mom took that film off. <laughs> Ro- Rocky, Rocky went home. Rocky, Rocky bought a dog, yay! Yeah. <laughs> and then Monica gives her It's a Wonderful Life. Another film like I've never seen, but another American classic. Um, again, I don't know very much about it. I'd probably want to watch it. It's a Wonderful Life is a fantastic movie. Right. Um, it's one of these classic Christmas tradition movies, especially in America. It's, it's a black and white film, right? Yeah. It's very long. Um, I think it's written times like two and a half hours. Um, I think the only film I've seen that's longer is an affair to remember, which you won't like, so don't watch that. Okay. Um, it's very good. Um, basically, the idea is that there's a character in it who's going to trick himself off a bridge because it would have been better if he's never been born. And then Angel finds him, basically shows him what life would have been like if he hadn't been born. That's where that cliche comes from. Okay, it's yeah. From yeah. It's so I, yeah, again, like like old Jella, that has been put in The Simpsons and loads of other TV shows. Yeah, it's basically a trope now. Yeah. But you see how life wouldn't fold if he hadn't been born. And it's supposed to be like, even if life's hard, the world's a better place if you're in it. And it's a very inspirational message. And it's very it's very realistic in the sense of life isn't easy, but it's worth living. It's a very well, it's great, it's a great film. Because it, it's like uh, Casablanca to me and, and those sorts of films. Like, I know a lot of them, but they're, they're so old that I don't want to watch them. I don't think I would enjoy them just because of, I guess, say, saying that old is probably wrong, but just like I'm more into how modern filmmaking is, whereas older films are quite slow paced. Yes, I went to see The Northman this week, which is a little tiny tangent. Um, it's a Viking movie with Alexander Skarsgård, and that is very much a slow burn. It will just sit there and enjoy it. What film was I watching the other day? It's going to me. I watched something, an old movie. That was it, Escape from New York. Yep. Escape from New York, the Kurt Russell film. And that's an old school film similar to... Which, 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 which is an action film, but you, you compare that as an action film to a modern action film, and it is slow, slow. right? No, nothing really happens. But I like that pace in older movies because it gives me time to get absorbed in the world. And it's not just it's not a Michael Bay film where it's like, hit Paramount Pictures movie, making Foxy's abs. Explosion! <laughs> yeah, it's just... <laughs> yeah. You, you, get, you get to fill in the world. Casablanca... I don't understand why everyone likes that movie so much. I've seen it. It's okay. Um, Cause, it's cause, only good for like quotes like of all the ginger, it's in all the wild. And like, what's the other film? Um, Citizen Kane is is the big one. Like it's the the best film ever made, right? Apparently, I've never seen it because I remember once reading someone that said that it's not a good film. This plot hole makes no sense, and the plot hole spot enough of it for me to not need to watch it. Again, I've not watched it because it's in you know The Simpsons again. And and that kind of ruins it because one day they tell you the ending. Yeah. Uh, like there's a funny like Family Guy joke where he he records over the, the film and he's like, it's his sled. It's his sled. Don't watch it. It just saves you two boobless hours. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay. So like I, I understand like Citizen Kane especially. And I assume like It's a Wonderful Life is pretty similar in, you know, for the, the time, the filmography, the story and everything was was new and kind of set the foundation for everything else to come afterwards. But, yeah. but 
watching it after you've watched everything modern is more difficult to go back to. But it, it sounds like It's a Wonderful Life actually has like a good story rather than how it was filmed. Yeah, of all the classics we've just mentioned, I would recommend watching It's a Wonderful Life above the rest of them. Okay. Yeah, I, I might have to give that a watch then. Especially as, you know, Phoebe doesn't watch all the way through. No. And, and, and is, it, is it a depressing film all the way till the end? Yes. Okay. Um, it's hard to explain the ending without it being a spoiler, but essentially... You need to watch it all. Life's bad with him in it, and it initially doesn't look like it's any better without him. Okay. But, yeah, but, but there's going to be reason. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then Chandler enters and calls for Richard. Uh, he's really channeling Richard right now and like just his look and everything like that um monica is uh getting a little bit worried or jealous well it's, it's quite funny in the sense that obviously we know that monica and chandler end up together yeah and all of that relationship is built on the idea that chandler is not richard yep. so seeing chandler act like richard now is quite fun because <laughs> yeah. you're like this is gonna be funny later but yeah it's, it's just funny how monica is like and i, and I have seen this in relationships where you know, it's not jealousy. It's not romantic jealousy. You know, it'd be like you being like with your partner, but then, you know, you're always hanging out with me, right? And it's like, well, you know, you're the couple. Like, you two should be hanging out way more than us two, right? Yeah. And so so I get why she's she's been like that. Like, it's almost like she's losing her boyfriend to, to him hanging out with his new friends. Yep. And you can kind of see, because you're like, well, yeah, I kind of want you to be friends with my friends. You're also my boyfriend. You're meant to hang out with me at the same time. Well, like, if if uh, I was dating a girl and I had some of my friends, oh, why don't, you, why don't you hang out with them? I'd like the idea of when they do an event or go somewhere, she could go with them because they got on enough for that not to be awkward. Yeah. If I was sat there, you know, cooking dinner and she's like, oh, I'm not staying for dinner. I'm going out with the girls. I'd be like, but I've just made you food. Like, yeah. I'd be like, being all like, no, like, we're in a relationship. Like, I would like you to spend time with me. And also, I'm free right now, and I can also join you on this activity, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of unreasonable to be jealous, but I, I kind of get it, yeah. too. Like, Monica asks Phoebes for advice. Um, not the best time, though, to ask for this advice, because she thinks everything ends badly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's okay, because Rachel is here, all grumpy over Ross's plans. Okay. What the hell happened back there? I don't know. You tell me. One minute I'm holding Ben like a football, the next thing I know I've got two kids, I'm living in Scarsdale complaining about the taxes. Well, I'm sorry. I think about stuff, you know? I mean, you're at work, you're assembling bones, your mind wanders. Ross, you have planned out the next 20 years of our lives. We've been dating for six weeks. Oh, come on. What, you never think about our future? Yes, but I, I think about whose apartment we're going to sleep at tomorrow night and, and where we're going to have dinner next Saturday night. I do not think about what our children's names are going to be. You know what our children's names are going to be. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, I, I read a book and there was a girl named Emily and I thought, I thought that might be good. What was the book? The big book of children's name. Okay, Ross, Ross, okay, listen. What we have is amazing. Yeah. But I do not want to have everything decided for me. I spent my whole life like that. I, it's what I had with Barry. That was one of the reasons I left. I, I like not knowing right now. And I'm sorry if that scares you, but if you want to be with me, you're going to have to deal with that. Okay, fine. Thank you. We're not done. I didn't know that. So... What you don't kind of realise while watching this is that Ross has, like, chased Rachel to the apartment 
Mm-hmm. And so all the, the stuff with Chandler going in has happened between like the previous scene with Rachel leaving Central Perk and this scene, which is, is kind of cool in some ways. Like I, I really like scenes that kind of overlap yeah. and you don't realize, oh, actually, like while they were running up the stairs, this other scene was happening because without thinking about it too much, you just think, oh, it's just kind of this is later on in the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Rachel has completely freaked out at this point. You know, they've been dating for six weeks and Ross has planned out their life and i'm not sure if it's sweet or not that he's done that like in some ways it is kind of nice he's like thought about it that way um what thought about chase there well well, no no well no just 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 thought about you know where he sees his life going with her the plan he's got in mind like he's thought about having a long-term relationship with her and yeah i think i think most of it in terms of rachel's fear is that she's still been blindsided by it yeah it hasn't been like they've not been sat down one day and casually gone on a picnic like where do you work what do you think about what do you think our future is and then it's like a nice conversation they're both prepared for it's literally been hold my first child while we talk about the rest (laughs) yeah and people like oh my god what the hell um, I get it. I mean, I really like this conversation that they have, this argument, because we always talk on this podcast about if people just communicated openly, things would be much easier and expand how they felt. And this is like a perfect example. It's not done in the like softest of ways, but the way it's just like, you know, I don't want my whole life planned out for me. If you're going to be with me, that scares me. You're going to have to do scares you. You're going to have to deal with it. And then his response isn't meekly accepting what she says like you kind of expect ross to when it comes to rachel yep. it's him saying okay well then you need to accept that i'm going to think about these things and if that scares you deal with your fear and i really really like that because it's essentially two people on the show for a change having an honest open communication that is basically saying we're both going to have to deal with aspects of this that make us uncomfortable and if that doesn't sum up making a relationship work i don't know what does well yeah because normally their arguments are one-sided either Rachel's annoyed at something Ross has done or Ross is annoyed at something Rachel has done. And yeah. it, it's just completely one side, but this is kind of better in that way because it's, it's a discussion, right? Um, but I do like how one of the children's names he's come up with is Emily. So I guess his future wife swallowed that name forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Can't be getting that name wrong at the playground. I'll take the Rachel. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not my kid. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, because he, he comes up with, well, they come up with the name Emma mm. in a future series. And I wonder if that's like, oh, I can't use Emily. What, what's close to Emily? Emma? Emma, that'll do. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, where did he come up with that name? He read the name in a book. Now, this is a, a great joke because I'm sure we've all got characters and names that we like. Uh, for example, Ryan, I'm sure like your firstborn will be called Skaven or Boba Fett. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I used to wind up my ex um, that we would be like, oh, what do you want? We talk about kids, like, what do you want to name them? And we'd, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd veto names occasionally. Yeah. And I was like, I know what I'm calling the, the boy. And she'd be like, what? I'd be like, when we have the boy. Uh, like someone like him playing God of War. But <laughs> I'm like, calling him Bosk. And she'd be like, what? I'm like, the lizard bounty hunter from Star Wars. And she's like, well, I'm like, the Trandoshan. And uh, she didn't know, uh, Google. I'm like, this. Yeah. I'm like, that ugly lizard thing. I'm like, that was a Doctor Who costume. Like, I don't care. Um, but apparently, we weren't allowed to call our firstborn son Bosk. Right. Which I don't understand why that's unfair. You know what? I don't think anyone will mess with your child when he's called Bosk. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't fit with my surname, to be fair, does it? Like, no. you, can't, you can't have a surname if you call Bosk. Doesn't you need to just be like Prince, just boss? Yeah. Um, but we we eventually did pick out names, and 
then she became a lesbian. Um, <laughs> that was suddenly less of an issue for me. Um, but I did say that she couldn't keep the girl name that I came. And I've known what I'm going to call my daughter forever. And she can't have that name. And you're not going to tell us on the podcast, are you? No, the secret. But it's, it's going to be Emily or Rachel. <laughs> yes. Actually, it's Rachel. It's <laughs> Gunther. No, no, it's got to be Emma. If you're going to live the Ross lifestyle, it's got to be Emma. I don't think I want to live the Ross. I have enough parallels in my life with Ross already without planning yeah. future ones. Uh, but yeah, uh, I just love the, the, bit, the bit where he goes, you know, he's found the name in a book. What book is this? The Big Book of Names. It's such a good joke because she's like, what a book? And it's just the look on Ross's face. Yeah. It's like, have to admit it was the Big yeah. Book of Baby. To me, okay, buying the Big Book of Baby Names after six weeks, to me, that's weird. Like of all the... the well, only... no, because he's had Ben, right? So he's probably had the book before. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know why you need a book of baby names anyway. Well, it... Suppose it's pre-internet being that widespread, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess in some ways it it helps because it'll have a ton of weird names out there, yeah? And certainly for Ross, he didn't even come up with the name Ben. Like, in in some way, Phoebe did when the, the Ben uh, outfit from the Janter's the closet, closet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's almost like when you see on the news and they're like, oh, the... The top 10 British names are Harry and, you know, this other name and this other name and this other name. And you're like, I don't know anyone who's got, like, a child with that name or anyone who's called that. Like, how are they the top 10 names? Like, Archie is, like, one of the top names. Like, who's, who's called Archie? I find it gross how much pop culture influences the baby name list. You don't want to call your child Salmonella? No. <laughs> or, or COVID-19? <laughs> well, there's, like... A few years ago in Game of Thrones, it like its higher popularity. Yeah. And Khaleesi was in the top 10 girls' baby names. Yeah. And I got A, annoyed that that existed. B, more annoyed that the character's name isn't Khaleesi. It's a title. And I was just an angry nerd, I suppose. But I was like, why would you... Imagine going to school and being like, there'd be seven Khaleesi's in your class and be like, yeah. did your parents like that one mainstream fantasy show for five minutes? Yeah. Like, I would like to have such a nerdy child that when you'd be like, yeah, you're probably lame, read the books. <laughs> <laughs> So just feel like you're called Khaleesi after a TV show that lasted for what eight seasons was it? Well, yeah, because there there were some stupid names out there, and and certainly the spelling of names. So people have gone weird, so they won't just spell. You know, you like let's say you have Lee. Lee can be spelled the the boy way L double L double E. Yep. The boy slash girl way L E I G H. Yep. And then it can have all sorts of. Lea can have the feminine necessity to be L-E-A for Lea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and some of them, they're basically just taking the vowels out of the names now. I, I once saw a name spelt. The name was Ladasha. That yep. was how the name was said and pronounced. I know exactly what this one's going to look like. It was spelt L hyphen A. Yeah. And it was like Ladasha. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like. Soon it will just be, there'll be an emoji as a child's name or like Elon Musk yeah. and he's like, well, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Delta Quadrant 62 or whatever <laughs> yeah. the hell the kid's called. Yeah, exactly. So having, having the book is, is fine, but I feel like a lot of people are using uh, names from like the, from pop culture, but maybe in a more subtle way. So, so let's say they're a fan of Resident Evil. They'll name their son Chris because that's the main, one of the main characters in it. And it's like, that's fine. You can go, where do you get the name Chris from? Oh, it's from my favourite thing. But it's, it's a normal name as well. Whereas, yeah, if you're like... It's, what, called, what's it? <laughs> it's, it's called Han Solo. Like, yeah, that, it's, it's too obvious when the name is like unique, I guess. 
So that's fair. I mean, I guess the issue I would have would be after naming a child after something I liked in pop culture is lots of the pop culture I liked really weird. Like I can't call my kid quick head taker. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, wouldn't I guess there'd be like a weird pressure in my mind of I'm going to call my kid, I don't know, Achilles yeah. because I like Greek myth. Yeah. But then... If my kid's a pacifist who doesn't ever defend himself in a fight, am I going to be like, well, you didn't live up to your name, did you? And like, it's going to be this weird pressure in my head where he has to live up to the, you know, the iconic warrior Achilles. Because I do like some musicians' names, like Labyrinth, I think it's like a kind of a cool name, just like thinking about it. It makes me think of David Bowie and then we get into the Goblin King, King of the Goblins argument. Or there was a, a DJ called Dragon. I'm like, they're, they're cool names, but it has to match the personality as well. I feel like if you give a kid an overly flamboyant name, they'll become an introvert just out of the amount of attention they'll get because of their name Maybe. at a young age. But yeah, name, names are important. and Have a cool middle name that yes. make, like their mates can call them and then have a standard first well, name. Well, certainly I, uh, when I was growing up, a lot of girls would change their names. They'd either like, use their middle name or they would make up a new name and maybe only for a few years, maybe for longer. And yeah, like it, it might be better to be like, okay, you're going to have like generic first name so whenever you have to like say your name it's fine but you can have a cool middle name if you want to change it or has a meaning to it or whatever and that's more acceptable i might name my child like the way marvel named their like espionage teams the so hulk they're, they're like, no, the hulk, <laughs> like shield that was like special had intervention espionage initiative director just give them so many names that when you put their initials together it spells a word it's like quap <laughs> something ridiculous well it makes me just think of like arcade games with a high score and you're like oh i'm gonna put bum <laughs> ass yeah. uh but yes i think that's enough about names right <laughs> Um, yeah, right. You know, Rachel doesn't want her life decided first. She wants to like make make a life, not live someone else's life, like what Barry wanted, I guess. I understand why that would scare Roster, um, because it sounds too Ross. Like she basically means, I might not want you this entire time, and yeah. that's how Ross's <laughs> weird neurotic brain's going to hear it. When she's technically not saying that, but given that Ross thought Carol was going to be, you know, his woman forever and they were able to have a family and things and they'd be together. I imagine the girl he's had a crush on for a decade, even hinting at the suggestion of maybe we won't be together, is going to terrify Ross because he's already had to go through all the abandonment of Carol. And now he's finally got Rachel and he's going to have to face that again, potentially. I get why he would upset him. Yeah, because, you know, he wants to have a plan, like a proper plan. And there's nothing wrong with having plans. Plans don't always work out, but yeah, he, you're right. Maybe the whole Susan Cowell thing has kind of pushed him in a direction where he's like, no, I need to like lock things down. I think, yeah, he's just overcompensating, essentially. He's overcorrecting where he has this kind of insecure fear that maybe it won't work out because of his past. So he's pushing for more faster than maybe he should, or definitely faster than he should because Rachel's not comfortable with it. Um, so he's pushing because he's scared that he's going to lose it, and then she's scared that she's going to be trapped and it just kind of yeah. awkwardly clashes. I, I do like how, even though he didn't plan to say he loves her, uh, thankfully she does actually say it back. Yep. Nice. You don't want to be like, I love you. And they just go, thank you. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Does that ever happen to you? I don't think so. No, I mean, I, well, I've only told a girl I loved her once when I didn't mean it. <laughs> and that was in the middle of, 
uh, alone time. <laughs> I was say, and why did you say you love her? What did you want to get out of this? I was already getting what I wanted, but for some reason it just fell out of my face while we were enjoying <laughs> ourselves. And I didn't know when was the best time to to certify that. So I, or, you know, renege that. So we uh, finished the activity and I was like, I didn't mean that. It just came out <laughs> my face. I don't know why I said it. I'm very sorry. The, the I love you came out your face. Yeah, I think it was like, Four days after we met, right, okay. so it was just a bit like I don't obviously don't love you because, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> she was like, "It's cool, don't worry about it." It just came out. I'm like, "Cool, we're we're all good. No worries." Okay, it was, I, it I, was I, so I, awkward. I I, the, I feel like this actually happens in in friends at some point. It was so awkwardly uncomfortable, but yeah. you didn't want to stop, so you <laughs> just kind of had to make do. Well, to move on from that fault, uh, later <laughs> on, Phoebe comes back to Monica's, and she's really upset. Uh, you know, she didn't see the ending of It's a Wonderful Life because the film just get, kept getting worse and worse and worse. She's like so upset. Yeah, it, it's a tough movie. Uh, we then have our next and final clip. Kick, save, and denied. But, but he gets it back, pass to the middle, lines it up, and bam! Yes! Could that shot be any prettier? <laughs> Man, you are incredible. Well, we had a table in college. Oh, really? I didn't know they had foosball in the 1800s. <laughs> nice mustache, by the way. When puberty hits, that thing's really going to kick in. <laughs> Honey? Uh... Well, we've got the boys. They're playing foosball. Yep. You know, Richard must have been gone for hours at this point. Probably. Uh, I do love the banter we get here, though. Like, women... All of you out there, this is how guys, or I guess friends, act. Yep. Uh, you know, it's all about belittling each other in, in a game of like one-upmanship. Uh, but there's, there's generally never any ill intention in it, even if there is like a lot of truth in what a guy says. Yeah, like the the comeback from from Richard with the, when puberty kicks in, that <laughs> yeah. must really great. He's, he's such a he definitely won that bit of banter. Yeah, but it, it's if that had upset Chandler. Richard would, have, Richard would have apologized immediately. Like, there's never any intention to hurt your friend's feelings. No. But you could, men only talk to their friends like that. It's not like you'd meet Richard on day one. Like, it's a sign of that they've bonded with Richard. Yeah. Like, we didn't meet the first time we've met, and I'd be like, Mark, have an insult. And you, <laughs> you were like, have one back, Ryan. Like, you know, we got to know each other. And then after, you know, a while. Yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a game of, of table tennis, isn't it? Where you, like, hit it back of each other, and it does escalate. And sometimes you do cross the line because you're you're trying to do like a almost like an offensive joke, yeah. And you're like, oh, that was too offensive or too on the nose, and I need to scale it back. I mean, so what? It was nine days after my ex told me she was a lesbian and left that one of you guys made a joke. Now that was only because you had made it aware that it was okay to do that. I mean, I had made jokes myself, yeah. Yes. But I remember, I remember being sat there and I said that someone was cute and one of you, I don't remember who, you may have all said it simultaneously because <laughs> you'd just been waiting so long. Um, went, no, don't turn her gay too. And I was just like, for God's sake. But it was funny. But I was just like, right, that's where we're at now. Like, yeah. the, it's not awkward anymore. We could all keep... Just, then it's basically been non-stop for two, two years. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think many women could act like this with their friends because it would be hurtful in some ways. Like... Like I said, there, there is often a lot of truth in this. So, so when Richard is say, saying that about Chana's moustache, it's because it does look stupid. He's not, he's not saying it because he thinks he'll get a laugh out of it. There is always a hint of truth in it. Yeah. And you never want to be the guy who comes back with a lame joke because it is a volley of, you know, 
trying to to keep it going. Yeah. Uh, well, like, it's a very well. I mean, all men do it, but especially in Britain. Yes. Like it's such a staple part of British society and culture to just mock each other and be mean. Yeah. But not mean spirited. No. Just mean. Yeah, I, I do wonder. I feel like um, maybe it wouldn't work so well with certain Americans. They might take it too literally because that's the other thing. Like British people have very dry sense of humor, mm-hmm. so you can say something that's really offensive, but people were like, "He didn't say it in like an aggressive way," and it's not funny because it was very dry. So what does he mean? And it's like, but if you're British, then you totally understand like that humor. A good example is the girl I'm currently seeing is British, but she's lived abroad for a while. And it's almost like she's forgotten how to banter. So sometimes I'll say stuff to her, and she's like, that's a bit mean. And I'm like, you know, I don't mean it that way. Um, but the more time I spend with her, so I'll go visit, and now after a couple of days, it's like it, her Britishness kicks back in, and she'll just suddenly throw out a one-liner. But because I'm so used to her not doing it, it hits deeper, and I'm like, oh, yeah. not shot, and I can't think of anything to say back. Um, but yeah, it's like you just, you just get back into that pattern as a, as a Brit, I guess. It's, it's, it's like when a German says a joke, and everyone looks at them as like, I, I, I don't know if he's serious or if that was actually a joke because the Germans never joke. I, I had an American friend years ago. We, we fell out of touch. Um, but on every 4th of July, I would message all my American friends and say, happy, like, ungrateful colonial day or whatever <laughs> whatever the, the sentiment was, basically. But I was actually happy, happy wishing them a happy Independence Day, but I would express it through mean banter, essentially. And they got really upset one year. Like, oh, what? Like, we're supposed to live under oppression? And I was like... But I didn't realise they were upset because it's text communication. Yeah. So I put, yes, King George was a peach. And I just basically <laughs> was going on about how, how dare you attack the Redcoats <laughs> and throw the glorious tea in the harbour. And they just, they weren't getting that I was no. joking. And then I was like, you know I'm teasing you, right? And they were like, oh, well, it's, it's a sensitive subject. And I'm like, if it should be sensitive for anyone, it should be us. We lost because <laughs> yeah. the French got involved. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But still. Uh, yeah, so Monica comes knocking because dinner is on the table. Uh, but Richard just wants one more game, and Monica just ends it quickly. Yeah. Which I think is fair. Dinner's ready. You stop, you go and eat dinner, right? Uh, you know, she, she's not happy and wants to spend some time with him. And, you know, the, the guys are quite nice here because they try to take the blame. And this is where the banter takes a turn for the worse, as Joey thinks Richard is cooler than their dads. <laughs> it's so awkward. <laughs> it's cringe. <laughs> now Richard feels old, right? Yeah. And Chandler being a smart, mature one. Star. That's a low bar. But yeah. <laughs> uh, tries to cover it by saying, you know, it's young lingo, but, you know, you can't come back from that, right? It's, it's like when you call someone a granny, like you think of someone being old, but a 30 year old could be a granny, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I understand why it hurts Richard and makes him feel a bit. Oh, oh, definitely, right? But at the, if you look at it from a deep perspective, it's, it's quite the compliment. Because they're basically saying, initially, we thought your age prohibited us from enjoying your company. But what they're actually saying is, your age doesn't do that. We love hanging out with you. They just see him as an older person, but they don't yeah. see him as worse. They, if anything, they like that fact that he's still cool. Because Richard is easily double their age. Yep. So, yeah, there is quite a, a difference in generation and age gap there. Like, you think 25 years, you're like, oh, 25 years isn't that old. But no, like, they're, they're still quite immature at being 25. And certainly their maturity scales up and down. Like Chandler is successful in his serious career and job and stuff. And Ross has a child, but they do sort of really like childish 18-year-old stuff at the same time. Yep. And Richard is not his dad with a grown-up child. You know, he's holding, you know, he's having dinner parties and things, right? 
Well, it's the dynamic of you, you wouldn't want your partner's friends to think if you was other than a friend. You just feel yeah. like eventually you'd hope that they'd just be, he'd just become part of the group as a mate. You'd be, be weird if, you know, six months down the line, Joey's going to Richard for dating advice because he's in love. You know, I mean, like you, you, well, it's the same way when you see uh, in like those trashy magazines where it's like a, a mum is, you know, hanging out of her 14-year-old daughters and dressing up like them and going to places with them. And you're like, she's trying to be their friend yeah, and trying to be like them. It's like, no, like you're in your 30s, they're 14. Like you can't, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, and Monica's Richard is, you know, a bit hurt not being one of the guys, I guess. Um, and I, I get it. Like, yeah, he, he wants to kind of not be seen as being old and, and crusty, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm twice the age of my youngest sister, and I don't understand most of what she talks about or does. We get on really <laughs> well, but she'll say a sentence that's got so much young slang in it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, you're not even old. No. And it's not like you're not with it or anything. Like, yeah, I guess I'm not, but yeah, like yeah. I'm not massively out of touch. But no. she'll say something, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. What just spawn? Someone got spawned in the face the other day. I don't know. What and I was like, I assume you mean hit. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, what, where's spawns come from? And yeah. she's like, well, I'm like, what's the entomology of spawns? And she was like, what's entomology? And I was like, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> but like, she'll do TikTok things and stuff. And I'm just, I'm like, is this dance significant? What's the, well, I don't understand what the elbows are doing. And she's like, you don't understand dance. And I'm like, fair point. But we get on perfectly well. I just, but we have fun with the fact that I don't understand what she's doing. And I'll, she'll tease me about being old. And I'll tell her that she's an idiot youth or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do get why it would upset you. Yeah. Because, you know, he's he's not one of the guys in a sense. But it's okay because, you know, Monica's going to make him feel like one of the guys. And it's such a creepy line. Like, like I'd be like, please don't. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when, when I first heard the line and she kisses him, I, if I was Richard, I'd have been like, wait, you don't do this with the guys, do you? Like, I'd yeah, make, I'd yeah. make a joke like, about like, it. Like, what are you going to do that's going to make him feel like one of the guys? Like, what? Why do they, do they feel like one of the guys? Because... You do that with them? Like, yeah, yeah. If she just said, like, I'll make you feel young, you could have been like, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You'd be good, but like, I'll make you feel like one of the guys is like, I don't want you to be one of the no. guys, you're the girlfriend. <laughs> like, 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 I get what she's, she's getting at. She's like, you know, I'm going to make you feel great and, you know, feel like you, you're not an old crusty guy. But just the phrasing's terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so weird. Uh, and then we're at Ross's. Uh, he's teaching Rachel how to change a baby. Why would, why? <laughs> you said that phrase. I was, I was like, didn't Chandler and Joey almost nearly do that? You better like change a nappy, right? What do you mean? You said change a baby. It's yeah. as if like, you were swapping the baby no, out for no, a different no. child. No, that, I, like, th- I think that's perfectly perfect English to say change a baby. Change a baby. No, like, that, would, that would imply you're changing the child. Changing its nappy. No, Am you, I just being too specific? Yeah, you, you change the, you're taking like you're basically taking the word change. And applying it to the baby. I'm changing, like, I'm changing the baby. But also, like, the baby changing room sounds like it's where you go and exchange your baby. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it sounds no. like to me. So I, I had a similar conversation with a friend last week. Um, and it, it's a very British phrase um, to say, like, someone, someone Fs you off. Yeah. Or someone fecks you off, right? And they're like, what is that? Like, and they're like, is that to be annoyed? It's like, yeah, it's like someone's, like, annoyed you. Like, they, they Fs you off version, right? Yeah. And, it, and it's like that, isn't it? So, you know, you, the, she, he teaches her how to change baby. So you change the baby, not swap it, swap it. <laughs> that's that's what it makes me think of. <laughs> um, but yeah, seriously, why would you ever teach someone to change a baby? Like cleaning a baby 
doesn't sound like much fun. But Rachel is, Rachel is like quite pleased that she managed to change Ben. Like, you know, if I said to you, you know, Ryan, here's a baby. Do you want to change it? No, like, what do you get out of that? I'm like, it's not my baby. No, like, why no. am I doing, like, I'll do the fun parts where he wants to play with toys and watch cartoons, but if he messes up, you're doing yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, if you're walking your friend's dog with them, oh, it's your turn to pick up the mess. <laughs> no, like, no. Nah, sure <laughs> yeah, like, it's, that's not something you ever want to do until you absolutely have to do it. Yeah, when, you're, when your friends have kids, you get to be, like, like the cool uncle or, like, aunt type where yeah. you come around, you have fun, you're a bad influence, yeah. and then you go home. Yeah. <laughs> like, any of the actual complication parts, yeah. it's not oh, your the, child. Oh, the baby's been sick. I better leave you to that. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to do that. Oh, no, the child is pushing boundaries and ignoring you. <laughs> yeah. That's your job, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going home now. Uh, but this is when Ben says hi, and sadly Ross missed it because he went to answer the door. Because of Susan and Carol. Like, they do ruin everything for us, even if it's unintentional. Before we get to that, why do people like to change babies on dining room tables? Why would you put a poopy nappy on a table okay, when so, you're going to eat? Okay, so there's, there's some complexities to this. So a lot of changing tables are quite high up, right? Because you don't really want to be on the floor changing the baby. Because that, like, is bad for your back. You're bending down, having to do things on the floor, yeah? Changing tables are weird in themselves because they don't have any sides to them. And babies aren't like the, the TV adverts. They don't just lie perfectly still as you change them and smile at you. They are crawling around and spinning around and doing whatever and probably peeing on, peeing on you anyway, right? Uh, but you have them high up because, you know, it's, it's just more natural to do things like that. Like, you don't do things on the floor, do you? When I tell you what my idea was for a solution to using a table... I may never be allowed to have children. Okay. <laughs> but I saw it and my brain went, just get the ironing board out. <laughs> it's even got a slot where you can put the baby's butt so you can take the nappy off and then the baby can't go anywhere because it's in the groove where the iron lives. Right. Okay. You, you take the iron out, obviously. Okay. But <laughs> okay. And, and how do you clean this this bum while it's in the groove? Well, no, I don't know. You, just, you take the nappy off and then stick it in the groove and then you can wipe underneath where the hole is and then the baby can't go anywhere. And you took it away and the baby's all good. This feels like some kind of like... Remember years ago, they used to show like weird Japanese inventions and it'll be like the toilet roll holder that's on top of your head. So you've always got toilet roll and stuff like that. Yeah, as I'm explaining it, it does sound like an episode of Some Mothers Do Happen. But <laughs> yeah. at the same time, I'm like, don't you? The ironing board is better than the eating table. But yeah, you, yeah, you don't put the baby on the place you eat, right? Because yeah, it, it's not clean and messy. You have them on a changing mat first off. But yeah, there, there is no nice way to change a baby because like I say, it's either on the floor where they're nice and safe it's on a changing table where there's potential they could roll off. Like, especially if you spend a split second looking to your left for the nappy, that baby is rolled off the side there. Like, there is no good way to change a baby. And I don't know why. No one's invented a good way. Jet wash. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, it, sometimes it literally is. It's just like, you're like, I'm not going to even begin to touch that in the shower. <laughs> so she goes free Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like one of my friends is telling me when he uh, when his son was born, he was changing him and he just peed all over him directly at him. And I'm like, how did it go that way? And it's like it just does. And there is pictures on Facebook I've seen of like the baby shield and it's a, a perspex shield with two holes with gloves <laughs> in, so you can change your your baby without being peed on. Right? I would buy one of those. <laughs> but I feel like it would make more mess. You know, there's like nuclear reactor. Yeah, things that's that what that's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's no good way to, to change a baby, I don't think. 
Um, but yeah, so watching Ben in this scene is, is kind of funny because he cares not one bit about any of the people in it. <laughs> uh, like Susan and Carol take Ben and as they say, he says bye. And Ross is super excited. He got to be there for this one and like, I'm quite happy for him. Yeah, I, I don't have kids, but I imagine missing all of these first would be really frustrating. So to finally get one, yeah, you feel I guess you feel like validated. You'd be like, yes, like yeah. I, I got an important moment of my child's life. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it is kind of funny just watching the kid. He like the, the the actors are like talking to him and reacting to him, and he's just like staring gormlessly into the distance, <laughs> looking at the light. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, just cool. doesn't care, right? Um, and then we have Phoebe's at the end. She's watching Sesame Street with Ben. But she has already watched it to make sure it's suitable for Ben, which is really sweet. It's cute. You know, it's sweet and it's like really good parenting and it's good to have someone who, who actually, you know, takes an interest instead of letting their kids watch whatever. But she's watching because she's worried that something bad is going to happen in Sesame Street. But, you know, it's fine. There is a bit of scariness, but they don't know where, um, I forget the character's names now. Ernie. Ernie, yep, is. But uh, it's all fine because they do find him. And they know what the letters are for the day as well. Yeah, alpha ends well. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, parents should take an interest in what their kids do and watch. Like certainly in in our experience, like when we worked in video game retail, lots of parents would would turn up. They're like, Ugh. I want Grand Theft Auto for my four year old. It's the hottest thing. It's like you do know what this game involves, don't you? Like he plays it at his friend's house. It's like you should make sure he doesn't play at his friend's house, then, shouldn't you? Yeah, he's too young for this. When people would when parents would buy. I mean, and I'm not talking like the game's an 18, the kid's 15. Mm. I'm talking like the kid would be seven or eight. And I'd yeah. be like, and it's not even the violence when it comes to games like GTA. There's so much inappropriate content, like the the, the sex stuff, the drug use, all this stuff that an eight-year-old probably shouldn't be seeing. Or, or even just the, the what it's teaching you is acceptable. Yeah. And what happens in GTA doesn't happen generally in real life. No, but I would get as descriptive as possible with the content just to make a point, I'm like, oh, soon this isn't 18 and shouldn't really be played by anyone under 18. Even though I was a bit of a hypocrite because when I was growing up, I watched 8, 8 9, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and when the original GTA came out, it didn't. games didn't have age ratings. But, you know, society learned, I guess, and they yeah. did now. And I'd be like, oh, you do know that you can pick up a woman, have sex with her in a car, get out of the car, and then bash her brains out on the street with a baseball bat and take the money back. And they'd be like, what? I'd be like, yeah, it happens in this game. It's an active choice and you're rewarded for doing it. And they'd be like, Oh, he's, he's mates have got it. And I'd be like, okay, fine, you do, you do you. Yeah. And that always upsets me. It's the same way in the UK at the moment. The, the British government's trying to introduce uh, what they call a porn block, which basically means like any like adult website, and it doesn't even have to be sexual. It could just be um, about lesbian relationships and, and stuff like that, right? Mm. So actually helpful stuff will be blocked unless you have a credit card and unblock it. And it's basically parents are going, you know, there's all this stuff on the internet. It's like, why don't you watch your child and control them more or yep. set up their computer properly or do what you know most parents should do, put the computer in the living room so they don't look at that stuff. Like you, you, yeah, you, like, admittedly, a lot of stuff, your kids have got mobile devices and, you know, like tablets and phones. Mm. But a lot of it is just, we're lazy parents. Well, this is how I see it. We're lazy yes. parents and I don't want to have to put in the effort to make sure my kid's safe online is what it basically comes down to. Yeah. It's like, well, like you said, set your root properly or you're in the perfect, or take the phone off them or like, does your, does your 12 year old son need his phone slash iPad slash laptop in his bedroom at nine o'clock at night? Cause, cause it's not even like that far for a lot of it. Like I, I know a lot of parents who let their kids watch um, YouTube kids, which you think are oh, YouTube, but for kids it's safe. Oh no, it goes into some weird places. So you'll have 
like Spider-Man gyrating next to, you know, a woman wearing very little uh, on an aeroplane. And it's like these weird AI videos that just has like keyword stuff in and it just like basically the algorithm sends the kids that way. Yeah. And it's seen as okay on kids because there's no swearing and there's no nudity in it. But there's just like some odd stuff going on. And it's like parents put too much trust into, I guess, like businesses or just things out there when actually they should be taking an active role in their kids' interests. And one being like, okay, this YouTuber is cool. Like, yeah, we can watch them. Or no, I don't like the way this YouTuber acts or what they're they're saying. And yeah. you know, one, you're showing an interest in being a part of your your kid's life. And two, you can't trust anything that's out there is going to be acceptable. Well, it's just responsible. Like, yeah. it's yeah, I understand that parents are busy and like life's difficult and lots of stuffs going on. But if my kid came home and was like, "Oh, Dad, uh, I really want to go. I really want to watch this movie on Netflix. It's called I don't know Zombie Armada Four. I'll be like okay, uh, let me check it out. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh. Like, the only time there might be a bit of leeway is if, like, they're having a sleepover and they're like, oh, Dad, we're going to watch, like, ultra-mega gun violence movie. Is that cool? And I'll be like, no, you're 14. I'll be like, oh, fine, don't tell Mum. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, well, and that's the, that's the difference, right? You know your, your kids, yeah? So, you know, you might go, oh, they're only 12, but, yeah, they can watch this 18 because Terminator 1 was an 18 when it first came out. Mm-mm. I believe it's now a 12. I think it's yours right. is a PG. Yeah. So you know your kids, and some kids at, at 12 are very mature, and you're like, you know what? You're fine. You understand this. You understand it's not real. Okay. Other kids at 12, you're like, no, you're going to take the wrong message away from this. Yeah. Or there'd be like a debrief. So if my kid wanted to watch something, um, you know, he, I'd more than likely watch it first. Um, if I wasn't sure, if it, you know, if I looked it up quickly and it was, I knew it was appropriate, I'd be like, yeah, carry on. Um, but if there was something that was like, had some troubling themes in it, say like treatment of women, I'd be like, right, you and the lads can watch it, but we're going to chat about it tomorrow. Yeah. Like, and then I'd be like, this scene, that's not how you treat women and that's not acceptable. And that before I tell you why, I want you to tell me why. And then if he can articulate why it's not acceptable, he can watch similar things. If he can't, right, that's it. You're not watching anymore. Like I have one very vivid memory of watching Total Recall my dad when i was very young i must have been must have been under 10 right is it the free boobs no <laughs> no no i don't remember that bit but um but i remember like my dad fell asleep watching it and like turned it off and i was like oh, i want to watch the ending and it shows the ending where Arnold Schwarzenegger is out on mars and his eyes are popping out of his head and stuff and that freaked me out and like, i turned it off right but there's a scene before it where the bad guy and Arnold Schwarzenegger having a fight on a lift it goes up and then the bad guy is like chucked over the edge and is holding on mm-hmm. and he basically gets his arms cut off because the lift just like goes into like a slot I guess and my dad like I remember very vividly my dad like pausing it before explaining what's going to happen and like we watched it and then he went back through it and went look this is how it's done and this is why it's all special effects and like you can see where his arms change there and like when it cuts off that's not his real arms and blah 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 and just explained the scene to me so like what's a, a gruesome scene yeah. isn't gruesome anymore because it's all explained to me yeah um, and you know, and maybe I was too young to see it the same as you watching aliens or whatever, but I think, yeah, that having that context, it's maybe fine to see some of that stuff of like going like, yes, this happens because actually it's not as bad as it is. Well, like I said, you were sat there with your dad watching it together, yeah. which is, you know, to me fine. It wasn't, you're sat in a room by yourself watching it completely contextless Yes, and who knows what kind of impact it's having. Like, I don't think necessarily that media causes violence or harm no. i just think a lot of it 
context is important. Well, certainly there is lots of kids' films that are, are way too scary for kids, like just the animatronics or whatever's going on. You're like, that, that's a scary creature. But yeah, when you explain it to them how it's not real and look at behind the scenes and stuff, it, it dilutes it enough, I think, where it's fine. But yeah, there's definitely like you have to have like a, an understanding of, of what they're doing and what they're playing, what they're seeing. Yeah. And be like, yes, I think this is fine for you. Like, so there's, you know, take um, the Marvel films. Every parent's like, oh, it's fine. It's a Marvel film. You know, it's a, a 12 or a PG. And it's like, no, there's probably certain films that kids shouldn't watch. Yeah. I mean, like, I've heard stories of young kids watching Infinity War. Mm. And when everyone gets, you know, clicked away at the end, these kids are just heartbreaking. Yeah, I guess I would compare it to when Optimus Prime dies in the animated Transformers film, <laughs> and like kids all over the world were just crying their eyes out because Prime had died, and it's like there was no, you know, it's just an emotional thing, and kids maybe shouldn't be seeing that. Like, do you need to be exposed to the concept of mortality and death at the age of eight in the cinema? Probably not. No. And and with this, you know, Phoebe's mum went the extreme other end of just trying to sanitize everything and make it all perfect. And yeah, that's that's going to warp her childhood. Like, you need to have some bad things knowledge of that well it's like why fairy tales exist traditionally was to to educate kids enough to realize that things like actions have consequences so you yeah. know like if you go into the woods by yourself a witch is going to put you in a pie and eat you and you'll be like obviously <laughs> it's a ridiculous notion yeah. but it was the idea of don't do this it's bad yeah whereas if, if you haven't got any context to explain the story who knows what they'll take from it well yeah exactly and if you just take you know going to the woods it's fun the end yeah where's timmy yeah War going. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so uh, yeah, I I quite like this episode. Like anything with Richard in is always a good time, right? Yeah, he's just iconic. I guess it's like like everyone has a crush on Richard. It's just <laughs> like, yeah, Richard. And and I really do like the way you know the the boys hang out with him and become the guys. The guys. Well, without Ross. <laughs> yeah, Ross is never the guys. <laughs> no, though. No. Remember, it's the boys, the lads, the guys. Ross is not included. No, he would definitely be the friend you kind of kind of want to ditch. Yeah, like you, Ross seems more like a dad than Richard. Yeah, you you wouldn't want to ditch Richard. Richard is a, a really cool guy. Like I guess. In a lot of ways, people would want to aspire to him. And, and in some ways, like, you know, you, when you was younger, you'd probably look at your dad or your, your mate's dads and you'd probably see, like, Richard in them and be like, oh, you know, they're really cool. But you wouldn't understand why they're cool. No. Like, there's nothing Richard does that is cool. Well, I guess Richard's, the age which is that and who he is as a person, he's so secure in himself and confident that it just makes you want to be around him because, yeah. like, oh, he's so cool. Like, there's no, there's no doubt in anything it, Richard it, does. It's just charming, isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really like this episode, and you know, you're right about Ross and Rachel that they actually, you know, while it's a no, yet another argument, there's some understanding in it from both it's sides. It's probably the healthiest conversation they ever had. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, it's nice seeing Ben as well. I kind of want to see more of Ross being a father because yeah, we we don't well. see it. We, we don't <laughs> see a lot of him with with Ben, and certainly at some point Ben just disappears. Vanishes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he went into the woods and got put in the pie. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I I really like this episode. It's it's not a, a standout episode. You wouldn't be like, oh, you know, you need to see the one where Old Yeller dies. No, but it, it's a really enjoyable episode. Especially the the last episode has annoyances and wasn't that funny. This has quite a few jokes and there's there's definitely like a great scene or two in here. Yeah, to me, this is one of the episodes that make you like the the, the characters, like like the friends. Yes, but there's the funny ones where you're like, ha, what a great show. And episodes like this really warm you to the characters and you like. It's the reason why on you know Facebook page people are like oh I wish Monica and Richard had stayed together because 
you get to know the character really well and yeah. see who he is. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very cool. I like the episode a lot. It's definitely better than the title reminds you it is. Yes, I was going to say that when I looked at the, the title earlier, I was like, oh, this isn't a good episode. And then as we went through it, I was like, and watched it earlier. Yep. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, no, no, this is quite good. Like the whole, whole Phoebe thing is like a small part of it. And it's actually the rest of it that's actually really enjoyable. Yeah. Apart from the Rangers reference. <laughs> well, I think that's a, a great place to, to end this week's episode, right? <laughs> Let's not end on the Rangers. Go Devils! <laughs> um, so yeah, you can find us on Patreon where you can help support us to carry on making this at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. I suggest you go and check it out. Even if you know anything about supporting us, do take a look there. You know, see what we actually do there. Yeah, if you do support us, we can get closer to getting our first guest on the show. Yeah, exactly. So your support helps basically pay for new equipment for the hosting of this because we do this all for free for you. So, you know, you can spend less than a, a coffee at Central Perk yep. on us and, you know, help support us. Continue Something's got to keep me in tea bags. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not uh, buying jewels just yet. <laughs> and you can also hear ad-free versions of this podcast so you can make it, you know, a couple of minutes shorter and just get straight back into that friend's content. If you really like, we can make a Ryan Tangent-free version of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be about 30 seconds long, wouldn't it? Uh, or you could uh, even suggest to us uh, a Ryan-filled episode if you just want to hear more of Ryan's stories. You know, we've, we've heard about him jumping in bushes. What else was I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Holding his breath in tunnels. I didn't do that. And, and you've, what, you've made this up. That's not a thing that exists in the Midlands. And what was the new one you mentioned today doing? I don't know. That was moments ago. Yeah. I forgot already. <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? Yeah, oh, is, there, is there 12 episodes in Friends? Is <laughs> it? Yeah, I realised we've been saying uh, that you've said there's 15 episodes. And I've actually gone seasons. back. Seasons. Yeah. yeah, sorry. And I've actually gone back and edited the first episode. Uh, to just put in a, a little thing there clarifying how stupid you are. Yes, yeah, <laughs> And that there's only 10, right? But yeah, it, even, even that we've, we've gone from... You, you mentioned, um, you know, there's 12 episodes and somehow we say there's 15. Or the other way around, I forget now. <laughs> <laughs> like, we are so bad at this, right? Um, but yeah, so you we've can also... enthusiasm there, Mark. That makes up for our factual inaccuracies, our enthusiasm. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's as I said in the previous episode. It's normally just like slip of the tongue, and you know, trying to trying to look at our notes and think on the fly of everything, right? Because we we don't script this. No, we get very excited, and sometimes your brain doesn't cooperate, and yeah. it's just like I say, your brain. I mean, the yeah, two of us, but yeah. mostly mine, <laughs> doesn't cooperate. You're just like blur, and it just comes out. Uh, you can also write to us at watchingfriends.com, where obviously you can correct us, or you can actually tell us what you think about this episode. We will read out anything written to us within reason. I'll read out anything. <laughs> you might have to edit it, but I'll read out anything. The way, the way you put on a sexy tone, then, I'll read out I'll read out anything. Um, and you can also catch up with us on Twitter and Facebook, at WatchFriendsPod, where you can find out when the next episode is out. Um, and whatever preview episodes and bonus episodes and things we're doing there, sometimes you use it and go on and put a meme there, if you remember. Occasionally. Yeah, and you can basically just, just connect with us and be part of our little Watching Friends community on all those places. Become our community manager. <laughs> we do need one of those. It's a voluntary role, because we'll love you for it. Ryan was meant to do that. I'm a busy man. I'm in multiple podcasts, in, on, both. <laughs> but as, as we've learned from this episode, you uh, have a lot of free time playing games and watching films as well. That's not free time. That's busy time. 
I, I guess if you're watching Friends, that is actual work. Like I, I got an email notification today saying that four RPG rulebooks have arrived at my house for me to review. Four RPG rulebooks, Mark, and a starter set. That's not Friends, so we don't care. Still, stuff I gotta do. Although we are going to start <gasps> reviewing. We could make a Friends role playing game. Okay, that'd be so cool. Roll a dice. You couldn't be wearing any more clothes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you know what? Uh, initially I was like how stupid but, but in five <laughs> seconds I'm like well actually I wonder I wonder if actually you know any of our listeners would enjoy like a role play episode where we pick the, the characters there's so much scope think about it you could play a quest where when they leave the baby on the bus you're the NP you're the characters that have to get Ben to child protective services no no I think you need to play the characters and you'd have to play them in character Oh, you want, to, but, you want to full role play the characters? Yeah, like, you know, you're like, I'm going to be Rachel. And then you have to play Rachel as Rachel. And, like, that could be quite fun. Because mo- most people would assume, you know, you're just going to be annoying and arguing. It's like, no, actually, Rachel's quite funny. We could make some, like, D&D-style profiles for the characters. Like, Chandler's humor stat would be, like, a 10. Yeah. That's not even high, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't play D&D. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, you, you can make something kind of fun with, with that. Yeah. That could be an idea for a future episode. Um. What were we discussing before Before that tangent? I don't know, but it's a very exciting tangent. Yeah, I yeah. like the idea of a friend's well, playing game. Yeah, I was going to say, we actually uh, should, uh, should review some friend's products. So, uh, because obviously you've got um, Matthew Perry's book coming out later on in the year. So we'll definitely be discussing that at some point. Yeah. Uh, but we've got some other things that we can look at and review. So I'm looking forward to carrying our dive into Joey, the spin-off. Yep. It's not, you know, well, that's a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you what I think. You need to be on Patreon to find out. Well, I, I don't even think you can say what, what you think about it yet. We've only done, you know, the first episode, really. We're going to do the, the second episode as of now. Well, I think I'm more excited to watch Joey now than I was when Joey aired. Yeah. So. Yeah, there, there's a lot of scope there. And that's, uh, that's a Patreon exclusive as well. So we do have exclusive episodes you can watch there. And I'm kind of bored of trying to sell ourselves yeah uh yeah make sure you subscribe to us all that stuff right and i'm so thankful that you listen to the end because we do have some interesting content so if you if as soon as i said it's time for the socials you turned off you would have lost all our D chat and be thinking about D friends right now we have to start some kind of weird competition where we say a secret phrase during this end ramble that we do and the first person to comment or tweet us the phrase wins a prize. Okay. Don't know what it will be, but I, f- I think we can do that. They can they can win a watching friends sticker. <laughs> I don't know if anyone would want that. Uh, yeah, we we could come up with some idea. Yeah, I like I like that idea. Sorted. Yeah. That, but that would be no. You listen to the socials. Yeah, because we we do look at the stats on here and see how long people listen for. It tells you that. Yeah, which I find really odd. Like, because I think well, like for most podcasts and even like YouTube videos, most people. Maybe about half people get through to the end of an episode of, of whatever, right? So why did you stop halfway through? Like a video I could maybe understand, but a podcast, surely you're invested in it enough to listen. Um, I would imagine, being realistic, there's probably a, a small percentage that are like, this got boring and turned it off. Uh, if people are anything like me, if I'm like typical of the podcast audience when I'm listening to podcasts, sometimes it's just I pause it to go to the bathroom yeah. and then on the way back from the bathroom get distracted by football that's on TV or I see a comic I've not read uh, or something it distracts me and I'm so cool and then I just forget it exists and then like a week goes by a new episode drops and I just skip 
the your, half. Your house is like a wacky warehouse, isn't it? Where it's just full of bright colours and things to distract you as you walk through it. Pretty much. <laughs> it's like, turn around and point. What did you find? Something nerdy you can distract yourself with. Sold. Well, I think that's a great place to end this episode. And we'll be back next week. We will. And until that time, cheerio. Bye-bye.